You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Devings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 185 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me, as always, in the kitchen studio this week is my co-host Matt Smith. Hello, hello. You're right. Yeah, sorry, I pressed the wrong button, so the the sting, bit abrupt, there. The, 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 the sting ended. Sorry. I'll, I'll, anyway, I'll, um, I'll, uh, you're right, Matt. <laughs> yes, I'll go. I'll go and have a lie down. It'll okay. be fine. Yeah, sorry. You, you well? Uh, yeah, Good I'm, week. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I've had my first stressful week at the new job. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, stressful week is a bit harsh. Day. Stressful day. Stressful day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where people weren't delivering things when promised, which is always a bit stre- stressful. Oh, that's in, terrible. In is that white van man? It was White Van Man, funnily enough. Ooh. Yes, absolutely. It was White Van Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't PTUK White Van. Men, no, however, no, the, not the no, TriStar no, Van. Because that's always on time. Is it? Yes. Right. Okay. So joining so us... Uh, he's, so many jokes. <laughs> he's, uh, he's back with us again this week. He's been... He had a little weekend or a week off last week at, uh, at the AV Awards. But he is back. So welcome uh, back, our... Uh, other illustrious co-host, Mr. Sir Neville Bounds. Yes, hello there. Well, it, it was a very difficult weekend, I have to tell you, and it took some recovery. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I've, I'm back and in full fettle, I'm pleased to say. Full fettle um, is the word. But uh, I wouldn't have said that on Saturday, nor Sunday, probably. I see. Okay. <laughs> did, you, did you have too much lemonade, Ned? Well, it's one of those things. There's 1,200 of us in the room, and we most of us know each other as well. And, oh. uh, yeah, you can just imagine. Oh, dear. Yeah, so the there, there's an awful lot of bubbles in, in, in that That's lemonade it. these days, I find. It's, mm. it's not very good for you at all is it yes yeah but uh, very good and uh, lots of awards dished out none coming to us sadly oh, but we'll have, a, we'll have another we'll have another go next year mm. uh, liz piper has just said in the chat room actually she's very disappointed that uh, mr neville sir neville of the bounds is not wearing his dinner jacket for pt uk this evening uh, she does have a point <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's got some gravy down it from last, oh, uh, last oh. friday actually so, <laughs> oh. Oh. so we're going to welcome yeah. then all the listeners who've joined us this evening nice uh, full house again nice full house again yeah liz hello liz Piper and our main man, the blue spanner of death, Micah, uh-huh. he's in a chat room. Mark Harvey is in the chat room. Andy Furlong, uh, we've got Jen Niffer, she's in the chat room as well. Jeff Braithwaite, and uh, who else? Let me just bring out the participant list. Here we go, uh, Andrew Wilson, ah, yes. in the chat room. Welcome, Andrew. And uh, Mark Harvey, I don't miss anyone else out. No, no. But uh, yes, welcome to you all who have joined us for tonight's Indeed. show. Uh, it, it, Exciting and shocking news, by the way, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, because Mr. Smith here is actually drinking um, beer. <laughs> look, you'll be very proud of me. Look, He's drinking beer, everyone. Yeah, it's sort of... It's Just sort don't of look at the word at the bottom that says yeah, no, 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 alcohol yeah, fry. Yeah, no, gla- glaze over that. Yeah, this, this is what we like to refer to as a little <laughs> special. Uh, what are you drinking this evening, sir? Uh, an empty glass oh, of beer. An empty glass of beer. Right, that's, that's nice. Okay. I had beer in earlier, trust did, me, did, before okay. the show. Yeah. Right, uh, Nev, yeah. your tipple of choice for this evening? Uh, yes, it's a bit of a smoothie from uh, Sainsbury's, but uh, oh. that was preceded by a couple of glasses of wine. Oh, so. splendid. Yay! That's, that's what we like to hear. So we're all suitably oiled. That's oh, hello, Lane. Lane Street. He's just ah. popped in. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, we had Richard Don King Sebastian as well. As well. We R- did earlier. Yeah, we had yes, Don Sebastian. Absolutely. Hello, Richard. Yep. 
Yes. Um, uh, so we have got lots of news and stuff to get through Do this we? week. Okay. And we've also got another epic adventure with uh, Nev for his passenger experience. We have indeed. And he's got, uh, well, he's got yeah. podcast royalty on, uh, on with him this week. Indeed. Stephen Ivey says, I need a beer, by the way. Oh, oh look, at, look this. at this. See, this is oh. the way forward. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is what we call service. Look at this. A nice glass of wine brought by the lovely wife. Yeah. Thank you. Jen was going to have my glass quite nice that one because I'm driving. So, what particular uh, uh, brand is that, my dear? It's better than last night's. What are we drinking? It's a Pinot Noir. Oh, a Pinot Noir. Got a nice, nice. Does that does that meet with your approval, Senev? Oh, it'll do. Yeah, Uh, it'll do. Right. Yeah, (laughs) it's quite nice. Absolutely. Um, Shall we stop talking about beer and alcohol? And alcohol. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So we've got, as I said, we've got uh, lots of new stories to get through. We've got Nev's passenger experience, and uh, we've also uh, possibly got a couple of guests dropping in later on during the show um so we're uh, you know it's all it's all good but first we have got some uh, housework we to have clear indeed, up yes, first absolutely. yeah yeah you're gonna have to do it from your end and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know what you're pointing at me for but yeah yeah, yeah. but we I have got, got some housework to uh, to uh, attend to this week housekeeping yes yeah, to attend to this that week. time of the month again oh hello so it's time to get out your piping, piping, piping slippers. Piping and slippers. Yeah. <laughs> Is that for when you're making a cake? <laughs> Sorry about that. So yeah, you, get yeah, your yeah. piping your slippers. slippers. Yeah. yeah. Piping and slippers. Uh, Nev. Your smoking jacket, your comfortable shoes. <laughs> so Nev, Sorry, who, Nev who, who are we... Us, uh, please, abort, abort. <laughs> who are we thanking this month again, Nev, for uh, helping with the show? We are thanking uh, for your superb contributions, Adrian Meesham, Captain Jeff, Stephanie Plummer, Stuart Black, Liz Piper, Evan Shue, Adam Spink, Matt Donemeyer, Jeff Ward, Ben Todd, York Mola, Philip Labe, Captain L, Andrew Wilson, Jeff Newman, Adam Spink again, uh, Matthew Bunting Frame, Myla, Ryan Harper, Jenny Parkinson, Stuart Backer, and Ray Williams. Thank you very much indeed, ladies and gents, for your superb contributions. They really do make a difference. Yeah, as you all know, they go to support the show and help to uh, pay for all the uh, hosting fees and all these server fees and also one of the big things that we made an investment in uh, this month or last month I should say September uh, was a nice shiny new video editing program which uh, Matt is uh, using to edit the show now and put all the bits and pieces together in lovely you know lovely Owen's allowed to do less now I'm going to say blessing because he's been having to do it all for me but uh, yeah so I'm doing some of it myself again yeah so we uh, yeah so we treated treated the show to the video editing software and apparently it's working very well isn't it it is very it's it's working very smoothly. A couple of uh, examples of said editing will be demonstrated later on. Oh, awesome. So thanks again to all our Patreon donators. Don't forget, if you want to donate to the show, if you can donate to the show, that would be awesome. Take yourselves over to the website, uh, plaintalkinguk.com, and there's a link on there you can click on Patreon if you want to become one of our donators, which is awesome. You can do it by other means. Don't forget, also, you've got the Amazon link. Uh, the stinger uh, will be uh, played later on. But uh, if you on our website, you'll notice there's actually an Amazon link if you do your shopping through that particular link, uh, then at no cost to you or us, basically, Amazon pays a small referral fee for any purchases that qualify. And uh, I promise you that I don't look at what you're buying. So I have no <laughs> idea what you're buying. It's, it's all fine. Yeah, Captain Al, I'm looking at you. Uh, so the, And yes, in answer to Liz, uh, Liz's query, yes, it is, it's not piping slippers. I did I did genuinely mean pipe and slippers. I'm sorry about that. Yes, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't pipe uh, icing pipe slippers, through slippers no, no. onto no, no. cakes. No, no not indeed. at all. 
No, so again, a massive thanks to everyone who's helped again with the show. Very much this so, month. yeah. Greatly appreciated. Well, Do you know that that that, that faded perfectly? I know, every, I know. Anyone would have thought that what we do is planned. <laughs> you know, he says lying. Oh, um, God. The oh, Jenny in Jenny Rome. in Rome. Hello, oh, Jenny. Hello, and Jenny. Dr. Steph is Ooh, also so in the chat room Isn't she supposed week? to be going to Chicago or something? Yeah, she's doing some big marathon mm. in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Steph, Phil, I want plug to know away. why she's not doing the New York marathon, because it's on when I'm there. Oh, <laughs> she is. She's running to oh, see yeah. you, Matt. Yeah, is she good? Yeah. Well, quite right, absolutely. Yeah. That is the way forward. So, uh, well, uh, we'll bit we kick go. things off, I suppose. So, uh, oh, Mr. Mr. Richard Coburn has just retweeted our tweets. Oh, that's very kind of him. <laughs> Very kind of him. Cool. What a decent fellow what he is. What a decent fellow he is. Absolutely. He was one of our, our guests on Nev's Passenger Experience, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. 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 Should we so, stop patting our own backs now and do some, do some work? <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. before we start the news, then, uh, we are going to give a quick mention um, to, uh, to everyone who's been affected by, obviously, uh, the uh, collapse of Monarch Airlines in the UK here. And uh, we just want to send, you know, our thoughts to to all the staff and that and, and crew that's uh, yep. that's unfortunately yeah. been affected by. Obviously, Monarch. many of you will know that a very close friend of the show has been yeah. been affected by that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we, we haven't included it as a news story because obviously it has been doing the yes. rounds. Yeah. Uh, so unless you've been stuck under a stone, obviously you'll know that Monarch have basically ceased to be. Very unfortunate. Um, it is very yeah. unfortunate. And very sad. Very good memories of very with very those. very established. Mm carrier and i think it fair to say one of the few left out there that really knew how to look after its staff yeah uh, and its passengers actually i don't i don't think i know a single person who's ever had a bad experience with with said airline so mm. we're very very sad um especially for such a big airline here in the uk to, mm. to, to have that happen but uh, anyway enough of that so we yeah. are going to start the show then as we do each week with the rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the uk so if you're ready matt I certainly am. And if you're ready, Mr. Bounds. Yep, totally. Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story. This one is on the proactiveinvestors.co.uk site. I'm sorry, what? That's a bit of a mouthful there. Can't say that after a glass of red wine. Uh, this one, the headline then is Pilots at Thomas Cook Airline. Oh, no, actually, no, that's the wrong story. There we go. I was going to say. It's the golfnews.com. I, I was expecting an Emirates-based story. I had, I had the wrong click one there. <laughs> okay. There we go. It's golfnews.com. Uh, headline, Emirates will be first airline to receive 777X, says Boeing. Yeah. Uh, so a $76 billion order for 150 777Xs at the 2013 Dubai Air Show was the single largest aircraft order by value in U.S. commercial aviation history. And uh, Emirates uh, will be the first airline to receive Boeing's all-new 777X aircraft when it gets rolled out in 2020, a senior Boeing executive confirmed, putting an end to the debate on which of its seven customers were going to launch the uh, U.S. Playmaker's flagship aircraft. Emirates will receive its first 777X aircraft in mid-2020, racing ahead of the previously declared launch customer Lufthansa, which is now rethinking whether it needs all those jets it ordered. Oh, <laughs> Bit dear. of a mistake to make, really. Uh, Emirates is uh, actually now ahead of its original mid-2020 to uh, 2020 schedule to receive its first 777X aircraft, says Marty Bentrot, Boeing's Vice uh, President Sales for the Middle East, Turkey, Russia and Central Asia. 
He said, uh, when we launched a program at the Dubai Air Show in 2013, we stood at the podium uh, and Emirates was uh, the key fundamental launch customer. And at the same time, we announced other customers as part of the launch group, he told Gulf News in an interview with Seattle in a ahead of this year's Dubai Air Show, which will take place in November. Uh, Emirates's $76 billion order for 150 Boeing 777X aircraft uh, then was the single largest aircraft order by value in the history of U.S. commercial aviation. It comprises of 35 777-8Xs and 115 Boeing 777-9Xs, uh, plus 50 purchase rights. While Germany's Lufthansa is reportedly considering stretching out deliveries of the new 777X aircraft, other 777X customers such as Etihad, Qatar, 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 Qatar. Uh. Yeah. Uh, Cathay Pacific, Singapore Airlines, among others, seem to uh, be reportedly grappling with their respective problems. According to Ben Trot, the program is tracking ahead of schedule. He says that Boeing has a, a great backlog in the Middle East and uh, the successful launch of the 777X program with Emirates, Etihad and Qatar Airways Qatar, as a key customer <laughs> is something the plane maker is excited about. And... Uh, the question they ask here in the story is, could the 777X replace the A380? Um, US-based analyst Addison Schoolland, partner at Allen Air Insight, on the other hand, is on the view that if Emirates takes the 777-9X, it could replace the Airbus A380. The 777-8X would be a good replacement for old 777-300ERs, but the big issue is the 777X and the A380 will... Uh, well, will uh, Emirates go for the A380 Plus? The big decision here, he points out. So it is, um, it's a huge order, obviously, for um, mm. Boeing. And uh, I, it doesn't surprise me that Emirates is going to be the first customer to receive no. these because Emirates has just got the hugest fleet of 777s and 380s in the, mm. in the world. Absolutely. Um, but, um, yeah, I, d will it replace the uh, 380? I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does start to, um, to eat into the... Uh, yeah, really? 380s, yeah, because it holds nearly as many people. Though, Two less engines. Yeah, but it, again, well, yes, I get that. I suppose that, but mm. it's just like, and, I, and, and there has been many a story, hasn't there, about perhaps the, you know, what I can only describe as the demise of the big super jumbo type Ooh. thing, whereas people choose, you know, perhaps slightly more efficient versions in times of, you mm. know, fuel efficiency and and things. But I must admit, because they have been, have I misunderstood this? So they pre they're predominantly Airbus, aren't they? Uh, no, they've got Boeing and Airbus. Oh, so they uh, run, they operate fleet. a mixed fleet. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So but they are the largest operator of the three hundred and eighty. Of the three hundred and eighty, mm. right? Okay. Uh, and I think they're probably not far off. I think uh, being the largest operator of the triple seven as well. I know that okay. um, on the okay. on the. I never understand this. You know, this is why, like, like with people like Ryanair and that, is I can kind of understand why they go down the model that they're currently using. They've got using. the money, Matt. Well, no, no, but it's, it's, but it's, it's, you know, it's if they're if they're running an entire fleet of, you know, uh, what is it, seven three seven eight hundred, isn't it? And it but so it, all the spares are the same. So you mm. know, presumably you can get a better deal on. on oh, it does make sense to have same. all the same fleet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, aircraft. I appreciate perhaps with someone someone like uh, Emirates, you know, perhaps where you you need fleets that do certain things, um, where you, your fleet needs to be more diverse. But I don't know, from a cost point of view, I'd be. I'd be thinking more along the lines of the same fleet model, if at all humanly possible. Yeah, they've got. Uh, I'm just looking through the fleet. I mean, they've, they've they've got mix. It's Boeing and uh, an Airbus fleet mix on mm. their um, on their list of aircraft. But um, 
it's it's an amazing thing to see if you ever get the chance to go to Dubai Airport and yeah. um, see the uh, the triple sevens lined up at the gates, and it's just right. a sea of tails of aircraft Is that it? go on for yeah. for <laughs> for a long while. Yeah. Uh, and obviously the three eighties as well, which they've got there. Which uh, is that? Is that the airport you've been to before, Nev? Dubai? Uh, ju- just once um, in two thousand and seven for a mm-hmm. trade show, and uh, as usual, I saw the hotel, the airport, Lovely. the exhibition right. centre, yeah, and then I yeah, came yeah, home yeah. again. So, yes, uh, yes. but, um, that's, but that's uh, just as the, the the bigger stuff was starting to be purchased by Emirates as, as well at that yeah. stage. Um, but um, that was great. It's a huge yeah. airport. I've not been there say for uh, nearly ten years now, but I was imagine it's just got absolutely enormous. I must actually consider myself quite lucky, really, actually, because I mean, uh, when, when, for example, when with this trade, sh- this sort of trade show season that I'm about to be embroiled in for the company I now work for, um, they've actually on purpose um, factored in some downtime so that we can at least go and see mm. a bit of New York while we're there. Because mm, unlike un- unlike London, obviously, we're literally arriving on the Wednesday, sleeping Wednesday night, and then the trade show starts Thursday. Uh, we stay Thursday night and then home again on the Friday after the show. You know, it's sort of one of those things. I mean, it must be, um, it's the same with cabin crew, isn't it? Mm. It's really, you know, it sounds very glamorous because you're going to all these various places. You're in Rome one day and you're in sort of Lithuania the next or whatever, but it, it, tarmac is tarmac at the end of the day, isn't mm. it? They're, yeah. they're all at a certain standard, aren't they? It's, uh, According to Wiki, uh, Emirates are the largest operator of the 777-300ER. And they are obviously the largest operator of the A380-800. And they've got 98 A380s, uh, Emirates, and 136 777-300ERs, which is um, quite a fleet list. So moving on to the next story. And uh, Matt, uh, this one's all for you. Yeah, the next story. This is on the CNBC website. I'm not entirely sure why we've got an American website reporting on... (laughs) something that happened in Essex. But anyway, there we are. It is what it is. Uh, And the headline, uh, if it is the CNBC, will probably be hideously inaccurate. But here we go. Ryanair flight (laughs) escorted by fighter jets to London. Fake news, ladies and gentlemen. Fake news. Uh, (laughs) No, this did actually happen. This did actually happen, yeah. Yeah. Ryanair flight escorted by fighter jets to London airport after hoax. Um, It's um, Britain, uh, in Britain, on Wednesday, scrambled... Uh, RAF Typhoon fighter jets to escort a Ryanair flight from Lithuania to Britain after a hoax security alert, the Defence Ministry and Airlines said, adding that the flight landed safely. The flight from Kwanis uh, to... Uh, is it Kwanis? Kwanis? Never quite sure. I should really get better at this. Uh, <laughs> the, the flight to Kiwanis, uh, from Kiwanis to London Luton was diverted to London Stansted Airport. The British transport uh, designated the, the British airport, sorry, designated to deal with major incidents. And there were reports of a sonic boom over eastern England when the fighter jets were deployed. Is that not the noise that you heard? Mm, <laughs> it was very much well heard over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the RAF can confirm quick reaction alert typhoon aircraft were launched this morning from RAF Coningsby to intercept a civilian aircraft. The aircraft was safely escorted to Stansted Airport, a spokesman for the Royal Air Force has said. He added that the planes had been authorised to transit at supersonic speed for operational reasons. Police said passengers were being safely taken off the plane and Stansted Airport said the runway was briefly closed while the aircraft landed but flights were arriving and departing normally again. This flight from Kiwanis to London Luton diverted to London Stansted in line with procedures after Lithuanian authorities received a suspected hoax security alert, Ryanair said 
in a statement. And um, yeah, we this was commented on by quite a few people um, local to us because it was heard here uh, yeah. in East Anglia. Yeah, and um, it, w- it was a quite a loud boom. Quite yeah. a loud noise. Do we know um, what? I mean, do do we know any more of the? Uh, no, the it was it was a hoax. It was a hoax. It was a phone. Call, apparently, it was a phone call to um, to the officers in uh, Lithuania. Right. I think it was where the, the aircraft was flying from, and um, obviously said something. Yeah. And it is part of the it's part of the parcel of what happens here yeah. in the UK. That you yeah, know the QRH to, quick yeah. response. Uh, yeah. You know the aircraft go up. And, and um, Stansted yeah. is the designated Stansted airport for any designated airport it, for, yeah. uh, for that, yeah. yeah. So um, we're going to move on to the next story, and this is on the Sky News website. Nev, you have this story, and I, I must say, here in the East, um, uh, our local news program was actually uh, covering uh, this, and mm. it's a lovely, lovely story, actually. Yeah, we don't normally have a, a nice British Airways. <laughs> no, we don't. Do we? No, no. <laughs> to be honest, just to make no. a change, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah. And it says that twin British Airways pilots retire with Heathrow landings 30 seconds apart. And uh, twin brothers have landed their final flights for British Airways just 30 seconds apart after clocking up more than 45,000 flying hours wow. between them. Jeremy and Nick Hart celebrated their 60th birthdays by touching down at Heathrow Airport for the final time. Nick flew in from Gothenburg at 12.34 on Thursday, with Jeremy right behind him, landing from Geneva at 12.35. The two brothers never flew in the same BA crew because they're both captains. And uh, Jeremy started with the airline in 1987, and Nick joined in 2012 when British Midland was taken over. I've done 28 years of short-haul flying that's about 11,000 flights it's at least 1.2 million passengers says Nick and uh, although not identical twins Nick said that their similarity had led to the odd tricky situation years ago Jerry never mentioned to his colleagues at British Airways that he had a twin brother who flew for (laughs) British Midland and and one day a British Airways pilot strode over to me at Heathrow and asked what on earth I was doing dressing up in a British Midland uniform (laughs) it took a bit of explaining to convince him that I wasn't Jerry well Jeremy from Flitton in Bedfordshire said that he had a, uh, spent a total of two and a half years flying and joked a lot of it in the holding pattern over Heathrow. <laughs> Indeed, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a nice, nice bit of coordination by uh, Heathrow ATC. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I wonder if Mr. Spink had anything to do with that, uh, to, to coordinate them, to, to, to get them both down the deck. Uh, uh, we, I have a nasty feeling, actually, that uh, the, the time in question, I have a nasty feeling, actually, that Mr. Spink was actually in, in L.A., wasn't he? I think he was actually in America at the time. Yeah, well, he can always yeah. remote in, can't he? You know what he's like. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. He's got the app on his yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. He, he just Skyped in. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really nice story, though. It's a lovely yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, and it's nice that they were both, as I say, what's such a shame, though, in some respects, because they, they both both reached the rank of captain sort of quite quickly. So we actually never ended up flying together, one as a captain. Mm, one as yeah. officer. Although I, I've been on many flights, actually, where there have been two captains uh, flying oh, the aircraft, okay. um, either for standby reasons or because that's just how the whole thing was rostered. Yeah. But so that does happen uh, fairly regularly. You do get two captains on, on the plane, I think. Presumably in that situation, though, somebody has to officially take charge. So one is technically... 
automatically demoted. <laughs> left for the seat, purposes. you're in. Yeah, left seat, you're in yeah. charge. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Who, yeah. Whoever's yeah, left no, seat. Yeah, no, but it's whoever fights <laughs> over that left seat. You see, well, yeah. do they get up and straws, change halfway through? Straws. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pull yeah. straws. Yeah, pull straws. Or paper, rock, scissors, yeah. and okay, stone yeah, and paper, stuff like right, that. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. That's nice to know that aviation decisions are based <laughs> on rock, paper, scissors. That's the way. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, No, good. Nice story there, Nev. Indeed. So next story, and uh, this one is on the uh, proactiveinvestors.co.uk website, you know, that one. Do you know, that's deja deja vu here, I don't know what's going on. So yeah, pilots uh, at Thomas Cook Airline call off strike action um, and enter arbitration to end pay dispute. Uh, The resolution of the dispute means that industrial action planned for today, this is Friday, as well as a three-day strike from October the 12th and the four-day strike from October the 18th have all been called off. So pilots working for the airline, owned by tour operator Thomas Cook, have called off eight days of planned industrial action after the union Balper and the company agreed to enter arbitration to end a dispute over pay. Pilots have previously held uh, one 12-hour and one 24-hour strike through the plan uh, for the last, which was planned for last Friday, uh, which was called off the week uh, last week following talks. Uh, Thomas Cook has said that all its passengers were able to fly during the industrial action, and the res- resolution of the dispute means that industrial action that's planned for today, as well as a three-day strike uh, on the 12th and a four-day on the 18th of October, have all been called off, which is good news. Uh, a spokesman for Thomas Cook Airlines said in a statement that he remained, uh, they remained keen to resolve the dispute. And in the interests of all involved, we will now focus on proceeding with arbitration process. Balper, mm. General Secretary Brian Strutton, said that our members voted to end the dispute by binding an arbitration, which Thomas Cook has now agreed to. I am pleased that we have been able to find a peaceful way of resolving the pilot's pay dispute without further disruption to passengers. How did that go? Mm. <laughs> like that, <laughs> I think. I think with the uh, with what's been going on over you know over the um, last few weeks and stuff, uh, you know, this um, this you know, you, we've got to you've got to carry on with the airlines. Keep keep mm. these airlines going as as good as we can. Well, they could be. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, they could be in a worse situation than they are are, are already. Mm. I mean, let's be honest. It's uh, you know, if 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 events of this week can prove it, you know, sort of. What what you assume to be very stable airlines may may or may not be, and it's um, yeah, I don't know. I understand why people are striking, but you know, I I, I don't know. I think I think there are worse things out there. I suppose. I mean, the, especially from a pilot's point of view, the I mean the the the, the hours you're allowed to fly are are so red regulated anyway. Um, you know, presumably you're not you can't do any more than you're legally allowed to do. Surely, I mean, it's the same for coach drivers. You know, you can only do so many hours before you run out. And it's a story we talk, we've talked about a lot in the past few weeks, actually. Um, pilots' pay and, and stuff like mm. that. So, yeah. but for those of you who don't know, uh, possibly um, Thomas Cook Airlines, they were f- uh, founded in uh, March two thousand three. So they're quite a generally um, a quite a young yeah. airline. Well, they actually started as travel agents, didn't they? Mm. Oh sort yeah, of yeah. Developed into. To I think what Thomas Cook know. do the all-inclusive um, holidays, oh, do they? don't they? Is yeah, that, is I that think where they that do all-inclusive now. Yeah. Uh, they've got a fleet size of thirty-four aircraft. Uh, Thomas Cook have. Mm. Uh, They've got uh, a mix again. They've got a A three twenty ones, A three thirties. They've got some of your favourite. What seven 
five seven three hundred no three hundred yeah they've got five of those five of that stupid and they've got they've also got some seven six seven three hundred ers they've got two of those as well good yeah i'll get the matches then it's fine um but yeah they're based in manchester in england they are thomas cook so yeah so now, now we were talking about this at the the before the show started. It was because uh, uh, t- one's just been rebranded TUI, haven't they? That's yeah, the Thompson, 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 right. not Thomas Air, Cook, Thompson yeah, yeah, yeah. Airline or Thomas Thompson Airways in the UK. Yeah, are, are, okay. um, the the Thompson name was no more. No more. Uh, yeah. That's going to be TUI. They've, they've been owned by TUI for mm, quite a long yeah, time, yeah, haven't yeah. they? Actually, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I was actually saying at the top of the show some clever advertising from that point of view because it's like you know Thompson has been rebranded TUI and it's like we've crossed the T's, dotted the I's, and put you in the middle. I oh, know. That's, oh, nice. that's such yeah. a good thing. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, I must admit, it's one of those few things where I've actually thought, do you know what? So whoever came up with that deserves a pat on the back. Some advertising guy there has done really, I love that. We've crossed the T's, dotted the I's, and put you in the middle. Yeah. Nice I, I'm available for voiceover work, by the way, mm. should anybody require it. Yeah. <laughs> No, so moving on. Silence, good. <laughs> okay, so moving on so to the next story. Okay, all right. The next story then is on the RTE website, and uh, today clearly I am sponsored by Ryanair. That's always <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> Ryanair pilots promise significant improvements in pay and conditions. Yes, it, it, it's um, it's been a funny old time for Ryanair mm. of late, isn't it? And uh, this story came out saw, this morning. Actually. I saw something that I have not seen before and that was Mr Michael O'Leary in a video interview in a press conference and he apologised no less than four times in the same speech (laughs) Mr O'Leary apologised I mean, I just. I He's mean, been I was replaced gl- you know, by a robot, right? Yeah. Do you know? I was glad I was lying down when I when when the story broke, actually, because I, I wouldn't have believed it otherwise. I think. But uh, anyway, Ryanair pilots <laughs> promised significant improvements in pay and conditions. Ryanair chief executive um. Michael O'Leary has written to pilots at the airline, promising improvements to pay and conditions, including a commitment to benchmark pay against competitor airlines. However, Mr O'Leary said that the changes would only be secured by negotiation through the company's in-house employee representative councils. Uh, in a letter to Ryanair pilots, Mr O'Leary said that the company would match and exceed the pay offered by other 737 aircraft operator airlines at any base where Ryanair rate where the Ryanair rate for pilots was lower. In the correspondence addressed to all Ryanair pilots, Mr O'Leary said that he was writing to apologise personally to each of them for the disruptions experienced to rosters as a result of the rostering management failure in recent weeks. Addressing comments he had made about pilots after the company's AGM last month, Mr O'Leary said Ryanair's pilots were the best in the business, worked hard and were very well trained and were extremely professional. Unlike Mr O'Leary, I fear, during that interview he mentioned. In the letter, Mr O'Leary promises pilots a loyalty bonus of up to €12,000 payable from next month and promises pilots an improvement in the management of rosters training and base selection. In the letter, Ryanair tells pilots it will deliver significant improvements to your rosters, your pay, your basing, your contracts and your career progression over the next 12 months. The letter said uh, the letter said Ryanair would exceed the pay and job security offered by rivals such as Jet2 and Norwegian Air and that it 
would negotiate on any differences in conditions between Ryanair's Irish contracts and those offered by local laws at European bases. In the letter, Mr O'Leary urges pilots who are considering joining a competitor airline to stay with Ryanair. <laughs> he said some pilots may have, have may have been misguided into believing that Ryanair's employee representative council structure could be pulled down by pilots withdrawing from it. So he sort of apologised and then sort of went back on it almost immediately. That's always nice. Uh, but he says uh, the only way to change existing agreements is to negotiate through the ERCs uh, as the company will not deal with third-party pilot unions. Hmm. Yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. I suppose the, the, the one thing you'd think, given that a lot of this is all about pilots needing their holiday, etc., etc., you would have thought that they'd... they'd sort of maybe try to be nicer to their pilots to stop I, them I from know. jumping ship and going to you know German wings and you you know I think one of the reports Norwegian. I was reading Norwegian yeah mm. Norwegian was the one I was thinking of sorry uh, EasyJet was another one can I just Go say on. that Dr. Steph is watching the show at 28,000 feet over Kentucky wow now there's a first using yeah. GoGo Wi-Fi. Wow! <laughs> Is that because she was listening to our show last week, and, and obviously, <laughs> yeah. I hope she's paying you know the, the cheaper rate that we mentioned. We should get a call in on we Skype. Should, we we mm. should, yeah, mm. absolutely. Steph, yeah, yeah, call yeah. in via Skype. Yeah, call in via Skype. That would yeah. be amazing in the air. That would be good. <laughs> that would Steph, be very call good. in. Oh, that'd yeah, yeah, yeah. be so okay. good. Yeah, okay, yeah. Wait, wait for the call. Okay. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Come on, Steph. Call in via Skype. We could have our first ever guest. In the air. In the right. air. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Um, so <laughs> you're right there, Carlos. No, I know. You need to lie down. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think uh, Michael O'Leary needs to lie down after what he's uh, said here with his, um, well, you know, yeah. offering um, this that, and the other. I mean, it's just. I, I mean, the, the, the thing is, is I mean, obviously, there, we, we now know of several pilots who are suddenly available for work, and I can't imagine a single one of them choosing that airline as somewhere mm. to go and and be employed because. You know, they have the worst reputation for, um, you know, looking after their, their, their mm. staff. I mean, you know, they're lucky in some respects that it's such a desired profession, I think. Um, otherwise, you know, I can't see hardly anybody working for them, frankly. But mm. then that's just my personal opinion. I'm glad I don't know anyone that works there. That's the main thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Very true. <laughs> so, Ned, anything to add to that, uh, sir? What are you going to add to that, Ned? <laughs> It's a very interesting time, isn't it? I think these things have a habit of coming around to, to bite people. And yes. um, uh, do you remember the uh, people uh, that are listening from overseas won't remember necessarily the, the Gerald Ratner story, but he described some of his products as not being very good. <gasps> and um, and, and the, the company had a serious problem after that. Yes, I'm not saying for one moment this is the same thing. No. But uh, whoever the CEO no. is, you know, you've just got to... Just play it sensibly, and uh, I, th I think he's made a, an error here. Certainly. I, I, I will, in some respects, however, defend him on the one hand, though, in the fact that this is, I mean, okay, so obviously we've had the Monarch thing, we've also got this Ryanair thing going on, but I mean, obviously the problems that Ryanair have got are, oh, hello, Nick Anderson is calling us. <laughs> oh, Hang bring on, him in then. Here we go. Sorry, one moment, caller. Uh, I'm almost a bit terrified. If we said something to offend him, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> this is, I mean, okay, so obviously we've had the Monarch oh, thing. Hey, Devil, it's Steph on. here! It's very close. I went 28,000 Oh, Nick. You actually, right, her voice isn't quite that high a pitch, is it? <laughs> 
<laughs> I think I think uh, Ca- I think Captain Nick has, has trapped something there. Uh, anyway, that was. Uh... <laughs> Where's he gone? He's gone. <laughs> he disappeared. That's it. That's all we got. That's oh, fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we had a, a bearded Steph join us there. She has let herself go, hasn't she? These I know, marathons aren't good for her. I tell you. <laughs> I mean, oh, you, you couldn't yeah. invent it, could you? You, yeah. couldn't, oh, you couldn't make it up, could you? You couldn't plan anything like I've this. I've lost yeah. the plot now. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah, ne- Nev, uh, your what story's next. What are we talking next. about? I can't remember. <laughs> well, um, this is on the Environmental Leader website, and I, I, I'm regularly on this website, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, one and of these days I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch him when he's looking for these stories because <laughs> the sites that he goes to are just <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. I, mean, I suppose you could argue that, you know, we're, we're offering stories. That is it the wine? Is, do, you, do you drink wine when you're looking for these stories? No, I actually, <laughs> no, actually the, the show notes for tonight's show I done, uh, I done whilst I was upstairs last night right okay late they they were a bit late coming through though weren't they Uh, (laughs) yeah did you not think yeah the the problem there was i forgot to press the send button after i'd done these show notes right okay anyway i'm sure it will be a fascinating read nev carry on nev i really cannot wait please enlighten us with your amazing um experience well, it's a British Airways story, oh, so we, we like that. <laughs> and uh, the global aviation industry produces around 2% of all human-induced carbon dioxide emissions. And with that in mind, airlines have made strides in recent years to reduce that impact. British Airways is the most recent airline to tout its progress with three recent announcements regarding the investment in its fuel efficiency and eco-technology. This week, the airline's 25th Dreamliner was delivered to its home at Heathrow. The Boeing aircraft, fresh fresh from Seattle, is the most fuel-efficient long-haul aircraft and the most technology technologically advanced aircraft in British Airways fleet and uh, the 197 foot wingspan curvature also allows the aircraft to climb more efficiently and also increases fuel efficiency the announcement the announcement of the new aircraft follows last week's announcement that the British Airways, uh, British Airways became the first airline to introduce eco-friendly mototoc tugs that's easy for me to say say what and hi- <laughs> high mototoc tugs lovely very good high-tech remote control <laughs> devices that push back aircraft the advanced technology will now staff to prepare aircraft across the airline's short-haul operation for departure more efficiently replacing traditional diesel tugs the company said with the new device a single ramp agent will be able to push a plane backwards from the gate remotely right Just have a think about that for a second no, no let's not uh- <laughs> uh, ba also signed a partnership with renewable fuels company uh, Velocis to design a seri- series of waste plants that convert household waste into renewable jet power, uh, t- sorry, jet jet fuel to power its fleet. The first plant will take hundreds of thousands of tonnes of household waste per year and convert it into clean burning sustainable fuels contributing to the airline's commitment to reduce net emissions by 50% by 2050. That's around 10 to 9. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Alternative fuels, particularly sustainable biofuels, have been identified as excellent candidates for helping achieve the industry's uh, goal of improving fleet fuel efficiency by 1.5% per year between 2015 and 2020. Biofuels derived from biomass such as algae, jatropha and camelina have 
been shown to reduce the carbon footprint of aviation fuel by up to 80% over their full life cycle. If commercial aviation were to get 6% of its fuel supply from biofuel by 2020, this would result in the overall carbon footprint reduction by 5%, according to the Air Transport Action Group. Um, and airlines have joined the journey to improve efficiency. Virgin Atlantic, for example, announced in June that it had dropped its CO2 emissions from more than 5.2 metric tonnes to slightly over 4 metric tonnes from a series of carbon savings initiative, including purchase of a multi-million dollar fleet investment in Boeing 787 aircraft, single-engine taxiing, real-time weather technology to optimise flight planning and rigorous weight management of all products on the aircraft. More than 99% of the airline's direct emissions come from jet fuel use, which is why Virgin focuses most of its environmental efforts in that area, the company said. And the rest comes from its supply chain, which is another area of focus. Interesting to see how that um, uh, that tug does mm. uh, a pushback. Yeah, on I'll, it. yeah. So I, I hope you... it's being carefully monitored by the, At all the boys times. and girls yeah. either side of the wing. Um, yeah, because we have, we have enough um, uh, accidents on the ramp as it is. Mm. So have you let's, seen let's, uh, uh, the, the pictures, Nev, of the Moto Tok? Yes. It, it's like, you know those the remote control devices you can have that hoover your house? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. I've heard of those, yeah, yeah. It's like a large one of those with a hole for putting the aircraft's do, nose wheel in. Do you know what it actually reminds me of? It looks very much to me like uh, anybody who's been a, a caravan user. It looks like one of those motor mover things where... Um, oh, yes, it does. Where, it? Where, yeah. where you move yeah. the, uh, the caravan around. Although, actually, um, mm. when, when we come to Nev's passenger experience there uh very shortly there is a sort of a subject that's that's discussed about um perhaps british airways using um toys that are unnecessarily uh helpful to improve the experience of uh, their passengers i'm not sure this is something that's going to necessarily um they, bring much to the bring much to the party i've just if you know, know what I mean. i've just actually google i'm just looking at the, uh, the the descriptions and stuff for this moto talk Right. Okay. It's nice to know that you're branching out. And they, Google um, on Google and the they've actually got days, one yeah. that's that's big <laughs> enough to support uh, a helicopter, a small, right. uh, like okay. a um, uh, kind of a Lynx or some size helicopter, and manoeuvre that around. Right. Okay. I mean, it is it is a really interesting piece of kit for those of you yeah. uh, who, who who can go on Google and just type in Moto Talk mm. and have a look at this. It is, um, yeah. yeah. It's it's going to take up less room. That's for sure. Indeed, absolutely. Mm. It's, uh, it's. I wonder if it's a, a James a James Dyson invention, perhaps. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it might be, it? Oh no! <laughs> uh -oh. Possibly. It could well be. It could well be. Who knows? So Who moving knows? on yes. to the next story, and this one is on the Philadelphia.cbslocal.com mm -hmm. website. And uh, it's good news for those of you in the U.S. who live in Philadelphia. Uh, Irish Airline uh, are to begin direct flights Ooh, uh, from Ryanair, Philadelphia. <laughs> no, international. Close, but yeah. no cigar. Okay. So uh, the luck of the Irish will be smiling on you uh, a week after St. Patrick's Day when Irish Airline Aer Lingus ah. initiates a direct route between Philadelphia and Dublin. Aer Lingus spokesman Declan Kearney said it's a push to further strengthen Dublin Airport as a leading gateway. 
We've doubled the size of our transatlantic business in the last five years, he said. Its growth surge is driven by point-to-point -point travel between Dublin and North American cities like Philadelphia and connecting traffic to European destinations. Dublin Airport has jumped in, uh, up in the European League table of airports from 11th to 5th position in wow. the last five years, said Kearney. Aer Lingus uh, uh, have been steadily growing its U.S. route networks to places like New York, Boston, Washington, Chicago, Miami, L.A. and San Francisco. There will be four flights a week, uh, blocked at about six and a half hours going uh, and seven and a half hours on the return trip. Uh, times um, the Aer Lingus 5.30pm departure gets you there just after 5am the next day, local time. American Airlines also operates a daily non-stop flight between Philly and Dublin. Uh, the yeah. American flight departs Philly at 9pm and lands at around 8.45am Dublin time. A quick look and uh, see a round-trip fares uh, for, uh, for the airline on this particular flight. $575 on Aer Lingus or $810 on uh, wow, American. That's quite a difference. Um, Although I must say I prefer the time frame that uh, uh, American Airlines is using. I mean, that's slightly more, slightly friendlier, I suppose, because if you are lucky that you can sleep um, mm. in the air, you can actually sort of nod off. You know, I mean, you can arrive, if you like, sort of at that time, fresh, fresh for the day ahead, you know, 9pm sort of in the air and then, uh, then wake up in time to to sort of um, work if you're coming from the States this way. I mean, I guess it won't be quite so uh, friendly going the other way. But mm. um, I've only flown from Dublin a few times, mm. but it's um, it's a nice airport. Yeah, I've never yeah. flown into there, because whenever I've been to Ireland, the last few times I've always gone into Derry. So oh, Derry, yeah. Yeah, yeah but of yeah. uh, course the, the, the well, Ryanair don't do that route anymore, so I, 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 I don't know what I'm going to do next time I go. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the next story. Uh, Matt, this one's for you. Uh, yes, um, it is. Uh, uh, sorry, apologies for that. Yes, so it is on the Etihad um, is the headline, and the airline is. I'm, 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 <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce Etihad. No, Etihad is fine. It's the newspaper that it's from, or the oh, online. Oh, the Kahi Kahili Kali. Yeah. The, the something or other Times, anyway, it's the K-H-A-L-E-E-J Times. Um, so, again, another quality um, uh, finding by uh, the legend that is Carlos. Here. He does so it on purpose, doesn't he? I think sure he does, does, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Etihad has been Not named Airline of the Year for the fourth straight year. Um, the the uh, Etihad Airways has been named Airline of the Year in the UK for the fourth consecutive year by the Travel Trade Gazette. The Abu Dhabi-based... I can't say Abu Dhabi... I just, I just, Abu Dhabi. No, I know, but I say it, and I just want to go Abu Dhabi. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the the Abu Dhabi. Uh, is your soundboard broken? There it is. Didn't it didn't work. What a shame. <laughs> uh, the Abu Dhabi-based airline beat strong competition to take uh, the top prize at, at a ceremony held at London's Lyceum Theatre which is where they normally hold the Lion King. So what on earth they did with the Lion King for that night, I do not know. And attended by 750 leading figures from the British travel industry, Mohamed Al-Boluki, who is Etihad Airways Executive Vice President of Commercials, said to be awarded the coveted Airline of the Year Award for the fourth time in a row is a real honour for the airline and one we are very proud of, particularly as it is based on feedback from the UK's leading travel agents. Uh, the award reflects... The continued commitment and tremendous hard work from everyone at Etihad Airways to ensure we remain at the forefront of international aviation year after year and is a wonderful recognition 
of our strong commercial relationships with the tra travel trade. The TTG Travel Awards have a two-stage judging process with a shortlist short initially decided by votes from travel agents. Shortlisted companies then compete a submission document outlining achievements and performance during the last 12 months, which is then judged by a panel of industry experts and leading travel agencies. Etihad Airways was singled out for being the UK's favourite airline by travel agents and also won points with the judges for its strong business performance, passenger growth, fuel efficiencies and other developments to its premium product. TTG's, uh, TTG's group editor Pippa Jack says that the TTG Travel Agents Award, sorry, the Travel Awards have earned a reputation for being the toughest awards to win in travel. So any company who takes home a trophy this year can be sure that they really are the best in class. This year's winners are those companies that have done more to develop their product, more to grow their business and more to support their travel agent partners than any others in their sector. We offer a huge congratulations to Etihad Airways who impressed our judges with their stellar performance in the last 12 months. Uh, the TTG was established as a travel trade gazette in 1953 hmm. and was the world's first weekly travel trade newspaper. Now, it's not surprising that um, the uh, the airline in question has won this award. It seems like whenever there's any massive award ceremonies for airlines and stuff, wouldn't you say, Nev, it always seems to be kind of these, uh, the big um, kind of, you know, uh, UAE-based airlines that win these awards. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the the Middle East, obviously, I mean, they they have got aviation right, haven't they? I mean, obviously, the, there's uh, fewer problems with regard to um, some of the costs involved there, but they, in terms of fuel and, and things like that, but they, they really do it properly, don't they? So they offer mm. the, some of the best class of, of service anywhere on the route networks, uh, and also the airports and the lounges are fantastic as well. So uh, so it's not surprising that they, they do tend to win quite a lot, I would say. Yeah, I can. I have fond memories actually when we had our visit to Heathrow Tower. Yes, um, I can remember standing up when we had uh, when we were in actual in the actual control area of the tower. I remember seeing uh, one of uh, Etihad's A380s taking off um, from the runway mm. um, back you know, below us, and uh, it's one heck of a sight. It's a really nice um, um, paint scheme that Etihad have on their aircraft. Do you know I one think. thing I remember the most actually from our time looking at all those aircraft was seeing the sizes. Of oh, the difference in up, sizes, yeah. We did have mm, one, didn't yeah. we? We were yeah. the A380, and then we had something <laughs> that wasn't quite so big. And then we had this little, yeah. tiny, little, little, tiny British Airways, little, tiny baby Oh, Airbus. Yeah, well, yeah, an Airbus, the three. But they were, all, yeah. they were all, um, they were all um, British Airways, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. they, were, they were all BAA, BAA oh. and they were different like yeah. sizes. It was, it was sort of, uh, you know, sort of daddy takes off first, and then mummy takes off, and then the little <laughs> the baby children. takes yeah, the off, and the children go. It's always nice. Yes. Oh no! It was it was it was an amazing day that was. Yeah. Oh, I want to do that again. That was amazing. I well, know we should do that again. <laughs> anyway, so moving on to the next story, uh, Nev. Do you remember when you used to uh, put put your just check in your bag? Uh, at the airport, and that was it. There, that, there was no discussion about it. End of the well, job. Well, yep. th those were a long time ago. Those days, right. unfortunately. Uh, but now, Iceland Air has introduced a new low-cost airfare category called economy light that promises cheaper flight prices but with a painful trade-off passengers must pay nearly a hundred dollars each way 
if they want to check a bag on some routes. According to the industry publication Travel Weekly, Iceland Air economy light passengers will pay $69 per checked bag each way on transatlantic flights to and from its hub in Reykjavik and $95 per bag on flights to and from other destinations in Europe, including London, Paris, Stockholm, Amsterdam and Munich. For a round trip, that adds up to as much as $190 for an amenity that is used to be that used to be included at no extra charge with Iceland air tickets and is still included for free on transatlantic flights with most other airlines. Considering how inexpensive airfare to Europe has become lately with flash sales offering selected flights between uh, $55 and $89, it's quite possible that Iceland air passengers will pay more to check in a bag than other travellers are for their flights to Europe. It's unclear exactly how much a traveller would save strictly on airfare by booking an economy light ticket versus a more traditional economy class ticket. And Iceland Air has not released any specific details on pricing. Um, in searches that Money uh, conducted on Thursday of uh, this week, economy light tickets to mainland Europe cost roughly 50 to $60 less than tickets, including one checked bag. The fee for changing an economy light uh, ticket was more expensive, $275 versus $200 for an economy standard booking. Iceland Air stresses that the new economy light class of service is all about giving passengers more fare options when booking travel. The airline also highlights the fact that an economy light passenger will still be able to pre-select seats and bring one standard carry-on bag onto the plane at no extra charge. Clearly Iceland Air's new service class is aimed at helping the carrier compete against the low-cost upstarts such as Wow Air and Norwegian Air. These are the airlines driving prices down with the likes of the $55 transatlantic flight mentioned earlier and these extra for seat reservations and baggage both checked and carry on if they're booking uh, the least expensive tickets by introducing economy light Iceland Air is able to offer cheap tickets, uh, sorry, cheap airfares on par with the likes of WOW, which is also based in Iceland, and still provide an arguably better value than the low-cost airlines because all Iceland Air customers get seat reservations and carry-on bags for free. Well, I guess if you're travelling light, it's not a problem at all. You can get some very good fares, but if you just want to check one of those suitcases and you're on that economy light ticket, that's going to... Uh, hurt a bit isn't it mm, with the cost I of the agree. fare it's almost shocking just now how how many different fare and names and stuff the airlines have now you know when you go back to when there was just economy or yeah. business or economy and first yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah. and that was it economy first business business first economy yeah. whatever now you've got economy plus you've got uh, you know you've got this economy light uh, premium economy yeah. and there's so many different uh, fair kind of fair structures with with various airlines. Yeah, I don't um, know. It's just yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, obviously, I think, and I'm sure Nev will completely agree with me 100% here when I say there really should be only one class, and that's business class. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we could all afford to fly it, yes, um, yeah, yeah. that'd be great. But uh, yes, the new job no, is it, good, but it's not that good. Yes. No, exactly. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. No, I think it, well, I think on a plus side, it's good to have the choice. Though, if you if you do want a you know an incredibly cheap yeah. fare and don't want to take anything with you but your mm. your, your your shirt on your back, yeah, then that's good, yeah. you know. But um, yeah, if I had the money, I would I'd probably go for business every time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm. I'd say I got to do it once when I was coming back from New Zealand a, a gazillion years ago, 
and that was only because there weren't there there was only one other person in business class and and they they offered it i think it was 200 pounds for me to upgrade Mm. Um, at the airport, they offered it to me while I was there, and it was just another two hundred quid on on a flight that had cost me seventeen hundred quid at the time. It was really like nothing. It was just like, do you know what? I'm going to have a bit of it on the way. Oh, it's so civilized. So there I am in <laughs> there I am in business class, supping a glass of champagne, reading reading a copy of the Daily Mail, while um, everyone else, you know, while you know, while you know, cattle class was being loaded <laughs> behind uh, me. I mean, it was all uh, very civilized. Have you actually, you Nev? Know. Have you ever had the um, the opportunity to travel first class with any airline? I never have. No, and um, I don't think I ever will unless I get some sort of uh, upgrade one of these days. But um, no, I haven't. um, So you you haven't you haven't used your your podcast host royalty royalty pass. What does that? Where does that get us again? You know this. Yeah, (laughs) I normally get a downgrade when I try that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh god, we don't (laughs) want him on here. Go quick, boot him off quick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You live um, in a lovely world, Carlos. It must be nice and fluffy where you're from. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite interesting, though, isn't it? I mean, first class is. um, I don't know. It's. The, the cost of doing it is is so incredible um and as good as the experience will be you, you, can, you can never really say it was really worth it can you unless you get a, an up, a free upgrade from yeah. business free or something. Upgrade is a different kettle of fish, yeah it? i yeah. I, I think unless you unless you're traveling an incredibly long distance like 12 or 13 14 hours plus you know yeah. you don't it's it's a silly really i think it is you know. yeah i don't know i mean business i can see 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 why it's worth it especially if you're you are literally flying somewhere to be on business mm. and you need to be when you when you touch down you need to get off the airplane and actually you know feel good deliver yeah you know you've you, you've gone there to do a job which I is mean, why had have the residence Right mm, okay. on their three eighties. Yes, I know, but yeah. you know, if if all I'm doing is going to America and selling cards, I'm not sure that warrants the expense it's a, no, of it's me being suitably. I, I think, to, off the top of my head, I think the captain, Sir, well, Sir, Sir Neville of Bounds, obviously is is a different kettle of fish altogether. Obviously, when he when he goes uh, abroad, I mean, he needs to be one hundred percent fighting fit for his various contracts. Well, wins. yes, but I, I, the last <laughs> thing I want to do is is this uh, my my company, um, you know, that I work for. Or on the air here, but uh, you know, they will only pay like for that. an economy class ticket. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if I, I like want that. any I kind do. of anything better than that, it's all down to me. So I like that. I, I don't want to diss the company I work for. But, yeah. but if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. MD, uh, no, 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 absolutely. No, no. So moving on, no, but you can understand why they're only doing economy tickets. Oh yeah, 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 you've yeah. Got, yeah. You're, you're only going out there to do a job. I mean, in some respects, it's like, I wouldn't mind so much going economy if they get, if they like put you up like so you got there the night before and you had a chance to recharge your batteries before mm. you then launched into what you had to do. Yeah. I mean, that that that's a different kettle of fish altogether. It, if I had fourteen thousand quid just sitting in the bank doing nothing, right. I probably yeah. would just for the experience do yeah. the uh, Heathrow to Dubai with Emirates yeah. in the uh, um, the residence um, yeah. section you know the, your own yeah. suite I mean you know, it is your you, own you suite know, the, the, these wonderful credentials that you are you are boasting about sir maybe you should try and use those to get yourself an upgrade mm. good luck I should that. do oh, oh is that someone calling in we seem to have someone calling in one moment who's that calling in I don't know who's, don't, uh, was, what's let's that see, coming over the hill is it a monster? monster? No, we can't no it's a not monster. a monster. That's no. just rude. No. I mean, that's just, just horrible. Why would you say that? Who's calling in? I don't know. 
I don't know. That's that's Captain Jeff. I'm oh. calling <laughs> him from 30,000 feet, <laughs> and I'm I'm so happy and proud to be the first first one on the PTUK <laughs> to uh, to call in on an airplane. It's kind right. of okay. noisy here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I can't help but feel we're, we're having the mickey taken out of us ever so slightly. Uh, that's, um, that's Jeff actually outside of the aircraft. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what she said. Hello, Indeed. Jeff. Hello, sir. Hello. Are, are you not receiving my video? No, we're oh, not. No, no, no. Oh, I don't know why. Oh, dear. Oh, oh there he is. There he is. Oh, he push the correct button. There we are. Hello, sir. How are you? Right, this is my uh, my uh, sound effective right. device here. Very <laughs> oh yeah, I like it. Oh, <laughs> why? <laughs> I, I thought he was a new mic. I did think. Yeah. I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he was just yeah. sticking his head out the mad dog. Yeah, well, yeah. well, there is that. There is that. Yeah. I was actually uh, calling from the wing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, you're at the loo. You're in the loo at the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're, we're up for a bit of wing walking, are we, sir? That's that's the way forward. I, yes, I yes. <laughs> I thought it was funny that uh, I was driving home. I was listening to the show. The whole way home yeah. and uh it was funny that uh, captain nick had the same idea that i had uh, except <laughs> yeah, that he, yeah, he was yeah, going yeah. to uh, uh impersonate and i decided i would not impersonate but i was just laughing that uh, you know uh, messed up minds think alike yeah, well indeed absolutely oh. that, that, and there's a very good reason why you two are very much involved in the same show uh, <laughs> so welcome welcome on to the show captain jeff well, it's lovely oh, to see it's you. such a pleasure Somebody yeah. in the chat room, uh, Jeff, has said, is that uh, the APU from the MD88 that you've got in your hand? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> that, that'll be oh, what dear. it is. Oh. <laughs> so how, how are things with you, Jeff? What's, uh, what, what have you been up to? I'll take it you've been, obviously been flying the uh, amazing I Mad have dog. just literally re returned from... I'm sorry, I'm cutting, cutting you out, Carlos. Um, oh, carry on, carry it's on. It's a little bit... Uh, dodgy um but i hope my signal's okay it's good. uh just returned from a uh, almost well basically a five-day trip i left last monday night and uh just walked in the door and lit literally scrambled to get everything connected all the mics and everything else connected so that i could join you guys today very on kind. the show very, very so kind, excited yeah. and I had a really exciting time uh, last night um, at Captain Rick Bell. You may have heard of that yes, guy. Yes, in, uh, yes, yes. From the 9 11 uh, yes. over at his lovely home with his lovely wife, Erin, and my first officer, and Paul uh, from that area. And um, yeah, the, the five of us had a grand time, a nice meetup. Fantastic. This is what we could do. Uh, Andy Furlong is concerned and asking the question, uh, Jeff, why are you in fancy dress this evening? Uh, <laughs> Well, it's because I've I've literally not had time to uh, change out of my uniform. Yeah, it's very. It's my Halloween costume. Actually, <laughs> I'm going to pretend to be an airline pilot. Right, excellent. Yes, yeah, I, I tried that once too, but the uh, outfit didn't fit me. Sadly, <laughs> but, uh, it was. It, it ended up looking like the Incredible Hulk by the time I'd finished with it. You know, <laughs> I do. I do have to say though, I'm. Um, I, I need to lodge a complaint. Okay. Oh, 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 oh okay. Oh. Oh dear. Why is it that uh, actually, the only person that I see on video is Nev? Right. Okay. There's a good reason for that. Uh, <laughs> because if I turn on the video, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the only person <laughs> okay. you see is me, I'm afraid, and nobody needs <laughs> that in their name. Hello. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Hello there, Matt. Uh, hello there. Hello, uh, hello there. Yes. Uh, and, and just. Uh, uh, no, you don't have to. 
for future reference, you don't have all, to turn the video on. All, um, all, all complaints are obviously handled by Sir, Sir Nev of Bounds, I'm afraid. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, that's where you need to okay. uh, fire all complaints. I'll remember that. Yeah, indeed. Yep. So you're, you're in time for the last three news stories, Jeff, actually. So we have... Oh. We've got we've got uh, one of um, one of Captain Nick's favourite uh, stories coming up now. Oh dear! All right, I'm going to quickly see if I can find that uh, thing that you sent me. Just some just some show notes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the only one that doesn't read the show no, notes. No, I fine. I did look at the. Sh- I did look at the show notes, actually. It's just that uh, I looked at them on my phone, and now I'm at home with my computer, and okay. I just need to start up my uh, email. Why didn't client. I think of that excuse? I need to I need to come up with better excuses. <laughs> I, I, yeah, apparently me being at work is not a valid excuse, apparently. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, I have no idea where we got to, story-wise. Where are we? We're at uh, the uh, story number 10. Right, that we doesn't are. help. I've got four, I've got three, four tabs in front of me. Okay, so well, <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's a story that's on Flight Global. Okay, right. Okay. So this one is on. Uh, well, so who, who who's going to? Uh, I'll sit it. I'll sit sit uh, my one out. So okay, we've got okay. to have got to have the legend that is Sir Sir Captain of Jeff uh, read at least one story. Yeah, I think uh, Jeff. Uh, what should we? What one should we give Jeff? Ooh. Should we give Jeff? Um, Nothing like doing some show planning oh, on actually, the fly, legend. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff can have the the next story then after after moi. He can have the Airbus story. Okay, then. oh, that'll yeah. be a treat for him. Oh, <laughs> I'd rather have the Boeing story. Oh, Okay, you can have the, you know, you you the Boeing one, one then. Go on then, Jeff. Go, go first, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. See, if Nick was on the show, then he'd have the Airbus. Of story, course, absolutely. Right? Okay, We've already okay. had him on this evening. That's a, that was enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did hear yeah. that. It was good hearing you, Nick. Yeah. Never sounded better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, what is the next story, Captain Jeff? Well, this is from, as you mentioned, Flight Global and the headline picture. Boeing rolls out first 787-10 built for customer. Am I on the right article? You are indeed. Spot on, sir. Excellent. Okay. Boeing has rolled out its first production version of the 787-10 a few months ahead of a planned certification milestone for the new aircraft variant and delivery to launch customer Singapore Airlines next year. The 5.47-meter stretch of the 787-9 emerged from Boeing's final assembly facility in North Charleston, South Carolina, company's exclusive site for 787-10 deliveries. And it's a very, very pretty picture. Boeing is excited to have finished final assembly of the first 787-10 Dreamliner for Singapore Airlines, says Dinesh Kaskar, Senior Vice President of Asia Pacific and India Sales for Boeing Commercial Airlines. No, airplanes. Boeing launched the 787-10 in 2013 to appeal to customers that are willing to trade more capacity for shorter range. The 787-10 seats up to 330 passengers in Boeing's marketing configuration and can fly up to about 6,430 nautical miles. The ro- Hello? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. We seem to have lost Jeff. Oh, no. The man with more internet bandwidth than the entire world. <laughs> yeah, and he, it's all gone. He looks, he looks just a bit um, upset there, doesn't he? He does. He looks in that a bit particular shot. About the whole thing. Oh, dear. Um, well, we'll give it a moment. We'll to give recover. it a moment. Yeah, we'll mm. give it a remote moment to recover. So basically, the story yeah. continues on. 
uh, that uh, there we go. The, the rollout event uh, comes several weeks after Rolls Royce achieved type certification for the Trent 1000 TEN. The engine selected by Singapore Airlines, Boeing first flew the flight test version of the 787-10 on the 31st of March. Except for the extra length and a few minor differences, the type is identical to the Dash 9. Singapore and Etihad Airlines owns the largest orders for the 787-10, with each buying 30 of the type. Overall, Boeing has sold 177 787-10s uh, to 12 different customers. Now, the pictures you put on the screen there, man, did, they're yeah. quite nice. That was a Singapore one mm, there yeah. with uh, the tail painted. And they definitely, they are, they have stretched, wouldn't you say, yeah. Nev, the, the Dreamliner yeah. to its, to the, well, to the max, really, haven't they? Yeah. Definitely. And uh, as I say, having been on the Dreamliner for the first time uh, a couple of weeks ago, it is a very nice job. I, I felt very refreshed at the end of it, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as I say, uh, and of course, uh, what, what, what were you on? You were on something similar, weren't you? When yeah, you I flew. Um, you were I flew you? BA's Dash Nine last year, yeah. and I flew Air Canada's Dash Nine yeah. this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Say, like I said, I think a few weeks ago, it's just like we both, except myself and Carlos, have both done exactly the same trip, essentially. And I, you know, I look like mm. I've been around the world three times, and he looked like <laughs> he'd, he'd literally just done a little flight, a little hop flight to Edinburgh. I mean, it, it does just, make the difference. Yeah, though. Yeah, you know, yeah. when 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 the aircraft initially came out and that they made all these comments Boeing said oh you, you know, you're going to feel better when you come off the aircraft yeah, think, yeah, whatever. and yeah, it's yeah, amazing yeah. It, the air is fantastic and you thought well yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but it actually does make a hell of a lot of difference yeah I bet I yeah. bet it's uh, it's a uh, it's um, I look forward to trying one one day we'll we'll see no you never know you we might get an see. aircraft change when you fly out to uh, the states yeah no month. we're on a 767 now that could change yeah you yeah. never know oh, you never know because you're flying uh, it's uh, United, United aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah United. Yeah. I didn't learn the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that could change. You never know. Indeed. So, Indeed. Uh, um, who's, who wants the next story? Shall I, do you, yeah, shall you, I you bash okay. on, sir. So, the next on. story, this one is on the bizjournals.com site. And, uh, and this one is a story that, um, it's quite a serious story that happened uh, not so long back a few I think it was a week ago was it this happened mm. it was a week ago yeah uh, the Airbus uh, A380 that uh, headed for uh, LA surviving an engine failure and here what it says about the jet's future this was the Air France Airbus A380 jet uh, that uh, um, had the uh, engine failure um, in flight and uh, a second industry analyst thought said what happened after the scary engine failure insight instead highlighted how robust the jet was during uh, a real emergency uh, the Air France jet uh, in question was carrying 496 passengers and 24 crew members on a flight from Paris to Los Angeles when one of its four engines exploded as it cruised above Greenland. The aircraft made an emergency landing in eastern Canada and no one was hurt. Passengers heard a loud boom and jet drop before pilots regained control. Uh, photos traded by passengers on social media showed the extent of the damage. Matt's has put that on the screen there for those of you watching on YouTube. You'll see the uh, picture there it's of quite said a mess, engine. Isn't it? it is quite a mess. Yeah, it is. Um, French Civil Aviation Authorities, Air France, Airbus and the Engine Alliance, a partnership between General Electric and Pratt & Whitney, which made the engine for the A380, uh, are investigating what went wrong. It was the second engine failure involving an A380 since a Qantas A380 blew one of its uh, Rolls-Royce engines in November 2010. 
what happens next could be of interest to aerospace suppliers who supply parts for Airbus jets and Boeing. Uh, Saj Ahmad, an analyst uh, with Strategic Aero in London, said uh, it was a miracle for Air France and its passengers that shrapnel didn't hit the plane after the engine explosion. At uh, the altitude and speed the plane was cruising at the time, the components would have been jettisoned at a very high velocity behind the aircraft, Ahmad said. Uh, given the A380 is now an ageing jet... I don't know, it's not that mm. old, uh, and is largely inferior both economically and performance-wise to Airbus's new jets like the A350 and also to Boeing 787 and coming soon as 777X, this event will almost certainly add to Airbus's woes, Ahmad said. Airbus, which has cut production of the gas-guzzling four-engine A380 as airlines switched to smaller twin-engine models, uh, did not respond to a request for comment. Michael Malunzu, a Seattle analyst with uh, Air Insight and Ahmad said it's a premature to speculate on the accident cause. Uh, Malunzu noted that Beautiful. jet engine failures are incredibly rare events and are usually traced to operational metal fatigue, uh, a previously undetected manufacturing flaw or both. Um, I don't think this was any kind of manufacturing error. I mean, it's Do you remember, Nev, cast your mind back a few years to that, um, I think it was a BA Airbus that had the uh, latches not secured quite right. Yes, A319. Uh, yeah. That's right. Now, the thing is, when it all goes wrong, uh, the idea, hopefully, is to have an uncontained uh, engine, sorry, a contained yes. engine failure, yeah. so you don't have bits spewing out all over the place. And uh, QF32 in 2010, the A380 they're talking about, that did a lot of collateral damage with uh, hydraulics, electrics, and oh, yeah. all sorts yeah. of things. And the crew had a heck of a job uh, getting it all under control and, and getting the checklist completed because they had so many failures caused by this. The, in this instance here, although it looks a lot worse in some <laughs> respects, it seems that there were fewer failures, but obviously until we, we see the reports, we won't actually know. But I, uh, I think it's yeah. safe to say, given the amount of damage that had actually occurred uh, to this particular engine, I mean, it really is a miracle nothing more serious happened, really, as you say, because if it's disintegrated as much as it certainly looks like it did in that picture, I mean, bearing in mind, obviously, you know, fuel and everything is all stored in the wings. I mean, this could have been a very, very different story, perhaps. Yes, yeah. Yeah. It was, um, but the nice thing is, obviously, with the four-engine aircraft, you've got a lot of redundancy in every respect, not just yeah. the engines, but the hydraulics mm. and the fuel systems. And the, uh, nonetheless, it's far from ideal, isn't it? Agreed. It's 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 a it's a, a strange story, really. So, well, uh, this is the trouble. It's the only frustrating thing, isn't it, with these things? We we very rarely get to hear the final. You know, unless it's of interest to the media at some point later down the line, we very rarely get to hear the final report. Um, on so on, on October the 6th, which was this week, which was actually today, yeah. uh, so this, this has just come from um, the AV Herald, Aviation Herald, a fantastic site that most of you will know about. Um, this was uh, today, the BEA <laughs> released photos of uh, the engine parts they've found on the ground in Greenland and reported that a few of the engine parts found on the ground have been recovered and are now on their way mm. to the BEA headquarters uh, via the Danish authorities. Another mission to recover remaining engine parts is being organised as and when engine permits. If you take yourself over to uh, the Aviation Herald, 
uh, com website. Um, there are actually photos on there of the various parts of uh, the engine cowling and engine parts they have discovered uh, in the snow um, on here in the snow in Greenland. So take yourselves over there. Mm. There's quite some yeah. interesting Mike photos. Mike has actually said that here in the chat room. Uh, and a, a few things worth noting, actually, that, that they've been saying here in the chat room. Uh, they've been talking about the whole four-engine versus two-engine sort of thing. And everybody's been... Uh, Glenn Taylor, he said, well, a twin-engine aircraft can fly on only one engine. But again, Mar Mark Harvey's made a good point, and this is where this is the fence. The nervous passenger in me sits on this particular fence is where it's agreed, but uh, they might have a little bit more to worry about if they've only got one engine left. You know, because I mean, obviously, you can have several engines fail on on a on a four engine, and because they they can fly with just one, can't they? Yeah, and I think the thing to think about here is the amount of redundancy you've got built in, obviously, with a, a twin-engine yeah. aircraft. And let's face it, most um, transatlantic services are done by twin-engine aircraft, and they're very well-regulated, yeah. and the engine reliability yeah. is absolutely fantastic. Now, and we're talking more about pilots' terms and conditions and cabin crew and all the rest of it. We very rarely talk about catastrophic engine failures of, of any sort now. So the whole reliability is superb. But um, in this instance, I think it was very fortunate that although the damage looked very bad, it doesn't seem to have done as much collateral damage uh, mm. to the internal systems as that Qantas A380 did back in 2010. Yeah, I remember seeing the photo. When this story um, obviously broke and the photos were on social media, I remember there was quite a lot of photos on there from uh, passengers showing the uh, engine from, from through the window outside, mm. um, which is one of the, the pictures that's included on the yeah. Aviation Herald. And the engine is... Yeah, I'm just is, trying to bring those pictures up now. Is, uh, the engine is um. covered in, in uh, kind, of a, uh, kind of a fluid you can see on there. Obviously, when this event happened, they obviously shut the engine down fairly swiftly. Yeah. Um, but it would, would have been quite unnerving, definitely, for the passengers on that flight to, to look out the window and see um, what what does look quite, uh, as you probably see now, quite quite serious, the damage to the engine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm just trying definitely. to find these yeah. pictures you were talking about, but I'm not really having a lot of joy pulling them up. Um, I found ones of, of, of fans in um, over Greenland. Um, on the sixth uh, today, uh, are, they, are they in that story? Are they? Yeah, it's. Oh um, yeah, I've got them. Yeah, Matt's yeah, here got we them go. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah, so there's some great pictures on here actually. That uh, so if you those of you watching in the world of YouTube, Matt's uh, Matt's got the photos here that I was just talking about just yeah, earlier. Just scroll those of, through. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's an interesting one. As I say, and there's actually there's a picture here, it's like where they found the, they found actually the the fan and everything. Part of it, yeah, you know, part the fan of the blade, yeah. Uh, in, in the middle of nowhere, it's uh, it's uh, it's sort of quite scary, really. As I say, I mean, actually, now that we've got uh, the Jeff back here, I mean, we're. Uh, I, I suppose we don't know that we don't know at this stage, obviously, what caused such an an awful uh, uh, thing as this this engine failure with this A380, but. Um, you know, any any suggestions as to, to, to what could have possibly happened? The rollout event caused several weeks after Rolls-Royce achieved type certification for the Trent <laughs> 1000 10, the engine selected by Singapore Airlines. Boeing first flew the first. Oh, wait a minute. Did you guys finish the article? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we may have moved oh. on a little bit. Uh, you didn't stop the show? <laughs> <laughs> my oh. apologies i don't know what happened though every the power went off in the entire house and it was oh, just right. like pitch black 
Oh dear. Oh, oh dear. Uh, took a while for everything to recover. Sorry. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, we were just talking about the uh, the A three eighty and uh, the Air France A three eighty. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, this, uh, engine issue. This, yeah. uh, if you go yeah. if you go over to uh, the Avi- Aviation Herald, Jeff, which is a site I know mm-hmm. you uh, you love to uh, to use on the show, and that there's there's some pictures on there, uh, fresh pictures of the parts that have been found uh, in, on in the oh. snow mm. in Greenland, um, and which you can probably make out most of the parts, which is mostly engine cowling, and there's also I think there's a fan blade there as well. I mean, it looks almost like something blew out, doesn't it? It's like. You know, I mean, the early early reports they were saying things like bird strikes and that, weren't they? As a possible yeah, that cause height, it, I, yeah, that height. I mean, that was uh, yeah. flight level three seven zero, thirty seven thousand feet. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, obviously, at the Greenland. I think that's one of those. Is it? If I'm right in saying, Jeff, Greenland's one of those uh, designated, um, yeah, you know, landing points for aircraft traveling that particular route. I I don't recall ever using Greenland as a, a possible <laughs> alternate at all oh, when I yeah. used to fly in the Air Force uh, over the Atlantic, North Atlantic. But, you know, it's been so many years, you know, but maybe it is. Uh, Captain Nick would probably have the answer to that, but uh, he, I don't believe so. He's think, usually uh, got an answer for everything, let's be honest. <laughs> <Captain> <laughs> well, that's true. It may not be right. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Indeed. So we're going to move on to the last story in uh, in the news segment for this week. Nev, it's a, it's a happy news story, I think, really, after uh, it is, the and, devastation. And they, they, they need it, don't they? And uh, this is in the telegraph.co.uk, and uh, it's all about St. Martin's uh, Princess Juliana International Airport, which is famous for its proximity to the beach, which sees mm. aircraft swoop within spitting distance of sun seekers and plane spotters. It's going to reopen this month after being damaged in the recent hurricanes and uh, KLM will restart its twice weekly services from Amsterdam Schiphol Airport to the Caribbean hub with a stopover in Curaco, uh, Curaco uh, on October the 29th um, and Winair who are based in St Martin as well is expected to resume its uh, regular services to Saba, St Bart's and St Kitts from October the 6th which is today with the potential for other destinations to be added the carrier will also operate special commercial and repatriation flights flights between Caraco and St Martin on October 5th 7th and 10th St Martin suffered severe damage during recent hurricanes with buildings flattened and infrastructure decimated on September the 30th it was estimated that the airport would not be restored to all its glory for another 35 weeks but would be functioning uh, optimally sooner than that according to the country's minister of tourism uh, the entire airport perimeter fencing was destroyed and all four jet bridges sustained substay sustained substantial structural damage uh, has he been drinking again yeah, well, I think whoever writes this is not intending for people to read it out loud right, I think that's okay. what it is and um, the, the swing cabs were blown off all four bridges and all the metal entrance doors attached between the bridges and the terminal building were blown in all runway and taxiway lights and precision approach path indicators were destroyed the shoulders and a section of the runway were underwater the majority of the roof was destroyed in the terminal building exposing the terminal to outdoor elements with water found on all four levels the website added princess julian has been rated as one of the uh, world's scariest and scenic airport landings with its flight approach being over water pilots must make regular instrument checks to ensure the correct altitude is maintained 
takeoff involves a u-turn to avoid the mountains that loom large at the end of the runway you can tell a, a high quality journalist has uh, <laughs> done this can't you uh, maho beach has become a popular spot from which to observe approaching aircraft and tourists are sometimes swept off their feet and injured by passing uh, planes well it's good news isn't it because uh, this is a, obviously a major holiday destination for all sorts of people and uh, it is a a key uh, entrance to to this part of the world and uh, i'm very glad to hear that uh, things are improving quicker and, it's, than and it's just it's to. just occurred to me that i need to to spool through our tapes from previous shows because i seem to recall when captain al was last on i seem to recall there being a bet wagered uh, over over the speed at which this airport was going to be uh, uh, mm. sort of brought back into action, and I need to see if anybody owes yeah. anybody any money. I think. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, I remember looking at the photos when these went on. Uh, I think it was Sky News. The, the pictures that they played on there of the mm. airport, and it was really, really just decimated, just decimated yeah, the yeah, airport, yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah. all the jet bridges and that were a mess. The runway was a every single part of that airport was a mess. Really. So for them to uh, to obviously have the airport opened again now is um, is you know testament to the to the people there who live on the island so yeah well done but then of course i mean this is one of the things that they were saying about this whole hurricane thing i mean why it's such such a a, well it's always a disaster but why it was so particularly negative you know such a bad thing for for these areas is because they they rely so heavily on tourism Mm. you know so if you lose your airport the only way of these people coming in and out I mean, it is a serious issue for, for these, you know, because their entire economy, you know, evolves around tourism, mm. you know. So when you get something like this, you know, people people can't fly in and out. Obviously, hotels get damaged and things. Although I notice a lot of the ones on the seafront here are, are still unaffected, it seems, and, and sort of functioning. Mm. You know, people are still sun, sunbathing and, and things. So but, did the um, uh, did the storms that uh, were in the US, did they affect your, your flying at all, Jeff, when you were... You're doing obviously, I know we know you sort of internal flights that you 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 fly mostly with uh, with Acme, but did they affect you at all? The uh, current weather you're talking about the the yeah. storm which weather storm you? that you had the you know the the uh, the, the hurricanes. You've had stuff. one quite recently again, haven't you? Where it's sort of oh well, uh, there's there's a storm that is uh, forming in the Gulf of Mexico and is uh, tracking this direction, oh. but um, I, as far as I know, as far, as far as tropical storms are concerned, it's been quite quiet since um what was it irma and then what was the other one that came through i've already forgotten that one uh that came through atlanta i should know that is that irma yeah it was irma. yeah yes yeah yeah. Um, yeah yeah but uh other than that no i mean I, I was flying that day when it came it was a tropical storm strength when it came through the atlanta area and uh, i took off right before the winds got out of limits for my airplane and we headed up to philadelphia so i kind of avoided really most of it Mm. Good. Everyone stayed safe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know, I know yeah. that. Um, that I know certainly from from the little BFF ch- uh, Twitter chat group that we have here. I know one or two people uh, really sort of struggled to to sort of you know they've, they've had tough times. Uh, it's uh, we're so yeah. lucky here in the UK. I mean, yeah. we, you yeah. know, we do moan about the yeah, weather we a moan, heck yeah, of a lot. It is. Our, but it is we our don't our have to put up with. Part-time. Yeah, we don't have to put up with. Uh, hurricanes of no, the, indeed, uh, the wind and speeds like, and the snow and, yeah, and stuff yeah that, but as, uh, as you've said before carlos we don't get snow here in the uk we get, we snow. get sn- snow yeah we, we don't <laughs> get the whole thing <laughs> we don't get actual snow <laughs> you know uh, we, we only need like you know like Three a light flakes. dusting of du- uh, you know Three literally flakes. a dusting where it's not really even snow and norwich uh, near us basically grinds <laughs> to a complete halt you know so it's uh, we're so lucky really oh. same with atlanta uh, that's the same sort of thing that happens here occasionally though we do actually get 
a foot or more, uh, but that doesn't happen very often. No. Yeah. I'm not moving here then. <laughs> I'm going to move to Greenland. You're going to move to Greenland, yeah. right? Okay, lovely. I can't see your sun, sun worshipping wife enjoying Greenland particularly. Nor can well. I. I don't think Gemma will be too impressed by that. But there we go. So that's where we uh, bring the commercial news segment of the show to a close. Uh, so we have got uh, coming up for you next, then, a very special segment indeed. So, Nev, I think it's time for you to introduce said segment. Thanks, Carlos. Well, as you may have been listening over the last few weeks, I tried to do a NEVS passenger experience segment every week, and we talk about what it's like with airports and airlines and services and that kind of stuff. And I thought it might be a bit of fun just to have a chat with somebody who is normally in the driving seat, but of course he's just come back from his holiday in Naples. So I had the chance to speak to uh, Captain Nick Anderson, and in order to get the production value right up there uh, as well, um, there's some <laughs> new intro music as well. So I hope uh, Captain Jeff isn't too offended by us borrowing one of his co-hosts for the evening. Not at all. Happy to do it. <laughs> Here we go. Right. Hello everyone and welcome to another NEVS passenger experience. Well, this week I'm speaking with a very good friend of ours, Captain Nick Anderson. Nick and his wife Jilly recently went on a trip to Naples for their 40th wedding anniversary. Sadly though, as I wasn't invited along, I interviewed Nick via Skype when he came home. We talked about many things to do with his British Airways flight, and in the week where Monarch has been put into administration, it was quite pertinent that we spoke about the airlines and their running costs. I began by asking Nick what it was like paying a passenger on the BA service. Well, it, it, I don't have no objection at all. I actually uh, really quite like being chauffeured around. I've done lots of deadheading flights on my own airline and on plenty of others. And uh, I'm not one of these guys that, you know, grips the edges of his seat and wants to get up there and fly it myself because I don't trust the crews. Now, I have uh, enormous trust, uh, obviously more with the established carriers than others. I no need to name names, but there are some airlines that I would probably bulk at and go, uh, why are we booking ourselves on this? Um, but no, I, uh, I have I have uh, usually a very relaxed attitude towards sitting in the back. Well, I assume that you were, when you went to Naples recently, you, you were in business class up the front and you had the, the caviar and the champagne. Surely I can't be wrong. Uh, absolutely wrong. Um, I mean, I'm a poor airline pilot. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I, I despise wasting money on frivolous things on a journey that's going to take a couple of hours. Now, if I can get something for nothing, then uh, I'm there first to the queue. But uh, I certainly don't expect uh, any kind of uh, upgrade. And uh, I don't even ask for one, quite honestly. And uh, I would have uh, been quite upset had my lovely lady who booked and planned the whole holiday uh, booked us in uh, anything other than uh, the cheap seats down the back so no I mean we weren't, weren't even expecting necessarily to sit at each other uh, with each other because uh, Julie said oh the travel agent can't arrange us for us to sit to each other and it'll cost an extra 30 quid or something mm. so I said well it's only our 40th wedding anniversary treat darling the fact that we don't sit together means nothing I didn't exactly <laughs> say that but you know what I'm going I'm saying well it's only two and two 
two and a bit hours, I think we can probably manage to be apart for that. Now, we've had a lot of negative um, responses um, recently about some of the BA economy service. How did you find it? What was it like? I suspect if you were a regular traveller and had stepped down from what used to be available, then uh, you would probably bulk at the new um, you know, system. Uh, you probably feel like, oh, that's you know, cheap and nasty. But actually, um, uh, I thought the experience was quite reasonable. Um, my biggest complaint when it came to the service was just the length of time it took the uh, two cabin crew to get down the end of a A320. Now, an A320 is not a big airplane. I'm trying to think of what row I was in, probably 30-something, and there were like five rows behind me. So we're, we're talking the equivalent of perhaps uh, a business section or perhaps half of the economy section on, not even that, on my aircraft. But uh, I know that my cabin crew on my airline can get a full meal service uh, in and out in two hours. And I was a bit surprised that it took nearly two hours of our flight for the BA crew to get back to my seat, let alone the five behind me. And uh, if you're sitting there, you know, thinking, well, I'd like to have a cup of coffee and a sandwich or something, uh, then uh, it's a bit disappointing to find that you've actually only got 20 minutes of the flight left to gulp your coffee and uh, chew through your sandwich before they're already coming around uh, asking for the bits and bobs to tidy the cabin up. Yeah, so we, we had exactly the same when uh, we went to Santorini a few months ago. And um, the main problem is, of course, you can only pay for this stuff by your credit card or Avios points. Cash is not an option for, the, uh, for this transaction. And therefore, the whole thing becomes very laborious. Um, um, and uh, yeah, I'm not not surprised that it took the time that it did. It, it does. It's a bit a uh, bit of a shame, really, isn't it? Because it just spoils the, the experience somewhat. Well, it's a lot easier when you can just say um, tea or coffee, chicken or beef, and throw out the meals. Uh, you're right. Having to go through the purchasing process for each passenger is a nightmare for them. And by the looks of the piece of kit that they had to use, it wasn't a simple oh, click, work, swipe the card, and off you go. Um, it was slow. Uh, it took some time to recognize and identify uh, the information I typed in and the PIN, uh, a long, much longer than you'd expect uh, at, say, a restaurant. Um, and so the whole process was just kind of held back by that. I think they, seriously, if they're going to adopt this profile or this uh, way of working, they're going to need a slightly more streamlined system. The one thing I can't complain about, though, of course, is uh, the standard of the food. Uh, no curly um, British rail sandwiches. Uh, you know, when you go to M&S, they're a great brand, and if they and they seem to maintain their standards uh, on board the aircraft. So, you know, we went, we didn't go overboard and ask for uh, a three-course meal, but uh, a nice uh, farmhouse bread, um, you know, cheese and pickle sandwich, and. Uh, um, a cup of tea, uh, was, you know, very palatable. It wasn't too bad at all. Uh, it, you know, you slightly bulk at the price, which, you know, for a couple of sandwiches and a couple of drinks was over a tenner. But, uh, you know, I've, I've paid worse um, and it hasn't been at uh, 35,000 feet in the air. 
I think the other thing is we're talking about this in the week that we've just had a major airline collapse. And of course, all of the airlines are trying to reduce their costs. So this is BA's way, I guess, of reducing their costs. And we all used to enjoy the cooked breakfast on the shuttle services up and down the, the, uh, the country years ago. Um, how do you think that uh, airlines are going to continue? Because clearly this kind of model uh, that Monarch has had, for example, hasn't worked for them. And I just wonder what the alternatives uh, would, would be. It's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because... Uh you've got a service as a major airline with a large short short haul routes uh, structure you've got to service a lot of airfields uh, which means you're putting out a great number of flights now to match a proper low-cost carrier you're going to have to trim that down to the absolute bare bones because uh, there's no way that an established airline like BA with a standard to maintain can trim their prices down to uh, compete directly with um, a real low-cost carrier. So they've got to produce something slightly better uh, to justify the cost. And I don't think a lot of people are in currently in the frame of mind to pay that extra uh, for what is effectively only um, a couple of hours on the aircraft, and that's all the way out to the, the heel of Italy. Uh, uh, so... Um, you know, it's it's a really difficult one, and I'm just so disappointed that Monarch couldn't hang in there. But to a certain extent, and reading a lot of the financial pundits who are giving opinions, it was almost inevitable. Um, they did their best, uh, and they have done extremely well for nigh on 50 years. I, I, it's heartbreaking for me to see an airline of that sort of uh, uh, established uh, street cred and establish history go down. I think it's dreadful. But that is the way of things that I mean. People just look at the bottom price. They don't even think about the cost of adding suitcases on or anything else. They just look at the base figure. And that, to a certain extent, I think, is what BA is doing. And it's quite sensible. They're, they're saying, right, well, let's, let's give them a base figure. Uh, having said that, I, I don't know if my suitcase I had to pay for was included, quite honestly, because Jilly paid the bill. Do you think that there is the market for what I would call the, the premium economy customer on a short haul sector? Only if uh, your company is going to pay for it or you've got uh, a bit of money where you really are willing to pay to uh, uh, sit at the front of the airplane. Um, and I don't know if the passenger base is large enough to be able to sell enough seats um, with that in mind. So uh, I'm really not sure. I think the success of the true low-cost carriers has demonstrated that um, anything other than their model is currently not good. I mean, there may eventually be a reaction. Um, I think in a lot of cases there has been a reaction against some of the rather dubious selling tactics that are employed on the low-cost carriers, uh, and uh, that has helped um, the people who really want to give make it a, a comfortable and nice service, a nice flight, um, a bit of a boost. But that's only temporary. Uh, and I think over the next few years, as we get pinched a bit more in the UK, moving up and possibly through Brexit until we get an established economy on the far side and we know where we're going, everybody's watching their their pockets and their pounds and their loose change even. And if you can get to Italy for your holiday using just loose change, then that's what you'll probably do. So what about the BA check-in process, Nick? How, how was that for you? 
it was uh, a little bit bemusing, actually. I'm quite used to swiping my passport and uh, moving through and throwing my bag at the uh, the young lady there. But uh, their system is kind of a bit like the Borg has got in. So uh, they've been assimilated. And uh, what used to be um, quite an easy-to-understand process, I think they've made overly complicated. Uh, and it's so complicated, of course, that they have to have quite a large number of helpers around at both the uh, initial check-in with your boarding pass, getting through those gates, uh, photo ID, all that stuff, and then checking your bag and getting your bag tag on. There's people hovering around to make sure you don't mess up. And there's an awful lot of passengers sort of getting to the point where they're about to press the button and dispatch their suitcase into the labyrinth that exists behind the check-in area. And they're looking at each other going, have we done this right? Dare we do this? Because where's my suitcase going to go if I've made a mistake? And therein lies, uh, I think, a bit of a problem. If, you, if you've invented a system that is so complicated, you need to have reassuring assistance from a helper, a BA helper, to make sure you haven't screwed up. And that's what everyone's fear is that, oh, my God, well, first of all, I've done this. Otherwise, what's going to happen? Uh, then you've kind of you defeated your own uh, objective. So uh, I think they probably should have stuck to a slightly more conventional system, left the automation to the BA check-in staff. So it just makes their job easier and quicker and they can get through more passengers. Because you've got to have them there anyway. Let them do the job. Let them smile at the passengers and uh, make it feel like a personal service instead of the way they've gone, which is rather too automated for my liking. Yes, certainly. Somebody that I interviewed on this series a while ago said that uh, he had noticed that some elderly people were turning up a day before they actually were due to fly <laughs> to, no, do a, really? to do a recce to make sure that they knew what, what to do. Now, if that's happening, then we've lost, haven't we, really? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I think the people who designed the system, uh, they, they, they sold a bit of snake oil. You know, it's like the monorail on The Simpsons. Uh, you know, they've got a, a fast-talking, great salesman in there who says this system is going to be wonderful. But I don't think, from the passenger's point of view, it's really working. Automation seems to be the name of the game. Uh, if it's not in the cockpit, then it's certainly in the, in the check-in area, isn't it? No, no, exactly right. But uh, my feeling is the automation ought to be there to help the staff, not uh, there to confuse the passenger. Absolutely, Nick. Well, thanks ever so much indeed for talking to me today. Really appreciate it. No trouble at all. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. TheVoicesInYourHead.com The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from news buyers across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pay us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email 
on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Flyby 5823, Trent Dane for 2-3-R Manchester. Wizz Air 6X, Client Flight Level 210, direct to Brooklyn's Park. United 123, maintain 280 knots. traffic control for today Nat. Bedtime. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought I wish that was me? Well now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed base Boeing 737-800 flight simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So for the ultimate flight simulator experience or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 300 40 616. NP Simulations. Fly your dreams. Wow. Well, well. They have a fantastic, fantastic passenger experience there, sir. <sighs> Oh, I just asked the questions, uh, and uh, no, Nick, Nick's contribution was mm. uh, superb. It was a great perspective, wasn't it? Just to how see what it's like for him uh, going As an through what pilot, everybody yeah. else is going through, <laughs> rather than being in his nice, comfortable, fluffy seat up the front. But indeed, a comfortable, fluffy seat. What? <laughs> well. Some of them are anyway. Yeah, well, there is that. Well, I've got this image of Captain Nick putting like a seat cover on now when he gets into It's a well-known yeah. fact that all pilots have fluffy seats. Is it? Mm, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So, certainly, actually, Boeing aircraft tend to, don't they? Uh, not about <laughs> Captain Airbus, Jeff is shaking actually. his head. Uh, yeah. I'll, have a, I'll have a look at that. But I think the mad dog has a leather seat. Oh, does it? Oh, a yes. bit of quality. A bit of quality. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what mad dogs you've been looking at, Carlos. <laughs> well, there is that. Yes, yes. Well, uh, mine has a board. It's just a, it's just a bare wooden, like a bench. Right. Nice. Not, I don't. It doesn't even have a seat back. Right. Okay. Well, that's that, basic. That's that's delightful. Yes. A deck days. chair. A deck chair. Absolutely. With a windbreak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sounds very comfortable. Oh dear. <laughs> I tell it honestly. I I, I know. Uh, People mock the Mad Dog so many times on APG, yeah. and everyone always goes on about how how decrepit and old and everything the Mad Dog. But do you know what? It's outlasted a lot of other airliners. Yep. You know, yeah. and it's still flying now. Outlasted the four, the seven four seven. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it probably will do. Yeah. You know, it, it just goes to show. It must be made of um, of, yeah. of, of of damn good, damn good stuff. No, it's wood. all about it's all yeah. about it's the same. Yeah, the same company that uh, built the uh, venerable DC-3, and those things are still flying as well. Yeah, true, uh, very true. Douglas very true. makes a very, very robust and sturdy machine. 
Isn't it nice to be able to talk about your aeroplane without other people like dissing it, Jeff? It must be lovely. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm used to it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it's all part of the fun. You uh, wait. In a few months' time, Jeff will be pulling up in his in his nice, shiny, brand new 767. Right. Okay. Yeah. What, a, what a treat. Yeah. I don't know about new, Carlos, but... Uh, <laughs> shiny. Shiny. Yeah, shiny. Yeah, shiny, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Nicely From buffed. the oil. Yes. <laughs> so, Nev, you have... Uh, you obviously, last week, you were at yeah. the audience Audio Visual Awards yeah, ceremony, absolutely. and there was there was not just audio visual awardy stuff going on. Yeah. There was some aviationy stuff. Only going on. Sir Nev could combine his love of aviation with an AV awards dinner. I, I mean, it's it's a real skill. I'll give you that. Yeah, it was obviously a bit, bit of a shame because I was looking forward to being on the show last week. But it, it was it was our annual award, so twelve hundred people turn up at the Grosvenor House Hotel in London, which is one oh, of the lovely. biggest yes. hotels there, and it's the only venue that can take 1200 people for a sit down dinner and, and banquet and all this sort of stuff um so um i was with my colleagues there uh, my industry colleagues as i like to say and uh, all, a very good evening was had by all uh, saturday and sunday was a little vague i have to say right uh, okay uh, sort of my own making so, but what really surprised me was during the evening in between the uh, the various courses of food there was this uh, um, well, blimp that started to come around <laughs> us in, 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 in the uh, in the auditorium environment, uh, or where the banquet was being held, rather, and uh, it was had a, little, a couple of GoPro cameras cameras attached to it, and it was being projected onto the really nice LED walls that we've got there. Because if you know, if the yeah. AV awards can't do AV properly, then there's something wrong, isn't there? Although but, I have um, to say, I have to say, it, 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 with that in mind, I do recall um, a few things that appear in that AV disasters thing that. Uh, one or two comments made about sort of inappropriate miking, shall we say? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. No. Uh, okay. Because all right. That's the subject of some ongoing discussion. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, no, with no. the production company. Okay. Good. Right. Okay. Uh, but, My apologies. Um, it wasn't their finest hour. Let, let's say. Uh, no. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, in the terms yes. of the, the visuals, <laughs> it, you know, can't complain about it at all. Really no. good. No, indeed. So uh, yeah, let's just run this little um, this little video here that you sent us, and it's. Uh, so uh, what, what what really interested me was how controllable this thing was and uh, I'm going to try and get an interview with with the guys that provided this I think because yeah. it might make, make uh, quite an interesting segment but it's uh, it was spectacular so um, with it... the uh, you know the stabilized GoPro cameras on it gave a very good image on on the screens as well really so nice. is it a um, is it sort of like I, I, I dread to use the word helium because obviously you know we, you hear the word helium and blimps and everyone gets a bit nervous but I mean what is it that is uh, you know what's inside it that's making it sort of float? it, it must be something that's lighter than it mustn't it well, Otherwise, yes, okay. it, yes. it, it would have a pro you know, controllability problem I think yeah, but uh, it was very well controlled and there's a lot of big chandeliers in in that yeah. hotel area and there's the, the you know the opportunity for hitting some Something was quite was, was quite, uh, quite high, I would imagine. But yeah. uh, the guys who were flying it did a really nice job, and they they brought it down to quite uh, low levels as well. Um, so um, yeah, it was really interesting. So I managed to get my aviation fix, even at the AV. Even awards. at the AV. Do you know what? I'm awards, looking at that. Yeah. Nev, and I'm just thinking to myself, I want one of those you do. here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes. For those <laughs> moments when you you know you, you after a long day you sit down on the sofa. Yeah and you forget that the remote control is the other end of the room. Yeah. Well, you know, in this situation, just send your blimp across the front room, yeah. pick up the remote control, and bring it back to I you. Can. Yeah, yeah, works yeah. for me. Uh, uh, the, the main man, Micah, has got a very good point here. You can't spell the word aviation without AV, which I think is a very good point. Uh, very yeah, true. Exactly. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's what, that's what they call on point, I think. 
So it looks, <laughs> it looks like you had fun anyway, Nev. Yeah. It was good. Very good indeed. And uh, I'm glad we haven't got another one for another year. I don't think our livers <laughs> could take it, frankly. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Well, before we start to wrap up, because I'm afraid that that is what needs to do. Getting really, close really. to the end. Uh, we are, But yeah. we have got oh. um, some more uh, new. Well, it's about a meetup, actually. That's, oh, yes. Uh, that's happening here in the UK. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, the meetup for the APG meetup at the Goodwood Aerodrome. Yes. Uh, and that's on Sunday, the 29th of October. Yep. Uh, kickoffs at 2 p.m. and it's being organised by Reuben Wells. Uh, if you want to find out more info on the meetup, uh, check out the APG Twitter feed and Facebook. You can find out more details on there. Me and Matt are going to be travelling down uh, to Goodwood on the day, so we're going to we're going to be travelling down there to uh, to meet up with all you guys. Hopefully. I'm hoping that uh, a few of you who are in the chat room now might be able to make it down to Goodwood Aerodrome. Um, it's uh, it is the other end of the earth for us, but you know it's a it's a it's a trip we're going to make, aren't we, Matt? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Captain Nick's going to be there uh, along with uh, lots of APG followers and hopefully a few PTUK followers as you well. You never know; we might get lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So that's on the 29th <laughs> of October. So yeah. uh, you've got a few weeks to plan for that. Yep. And as we said, that's at the Goodwood Aerodrome, which is uh, it's the other side of London. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's is that? It's is only it, about three hours. It's only about three hours. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, for all our listeners, don't forget, we have, uh, I think we have three places <gasps> left oh, goodness me, really. uh, for the 200th show, our 200th show next year in mm. January. Um, and, um, well, it's going to be an absolutely epic show, is, that's, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so if you want to join us on the 20th of January... Uh, yep. If you're a UK Saturday. listener or anywhere in the world, yeah, actually, and you, fl- you want to fly into yeah, uh, to the UK free, yeah. uh, on the 20th of January and uh, join us at MP Simulations in uh, London for the day. We're going to have a live show from there and hopefully have some uh, uh, APGs Skyping in as well. We ho- hopefully, if uh, Jeff's there, we can get him to Skype in. Yeah, or possibly, if we win the lottery between now and then, we can yeah, fly we can Jeff fly in yeah, as uh, a special <laughs> yeah, guest. He's, he's shaking his head. Um, but for those <laughs> of you... Take that as a no. <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for those of you who uh, who can join us, uh, join us there, on the day, you are going to get yep. the chance to fly... The uh, Boeing 737-800 sim, yep, and uh, you'll get the chance to and fly that, anywhere that, in the world. That is the long and the short of it, why spaces are very limited, obviously, yeah. because we've only got a, a, a small time frame uh, for everybody to do. We've got to put a, but everyone will get a chance. But everybody who's on the list will, will yeah. get a chance to yeah. do the same. We've literally only got a couple of spaces left. So if you would like to join us, you need to hurry up and get your, uh, your request in now, because we are, as I say, rapidly running out of space. And don't forget, this is a 100% Boeing licensed yep. simulator. It yep. is... A as real as it gets it is fantastic it me is. Well, both fact, me and Matt and Nev yeah, yeah. and Owen have all had the yeah. chance ne- to now Nev you, you had a sort of an extended go because you ended up being a guinea pig I think actually didn't you for, for one of the yeah, new training tra- guys they were training a new first officer and yeah. they wanted a uh, a student pilot so I, I took the <laughs> controls for almost a couple of hours actually wow. which was really really nice um, but uh, just like Jeff says when he gets out of the simulator although this is not a, this is not a uh, full motion sim this is a fixed base simulator but uh, as someone that doesn't do this thing ever, I got out of there. I was very tired, and you can imagine what it's like going through this sort of stuff every six months, yeah, when imagine. every emergency in the book is thrown at you. And all I was doing was just flying a fairly regular, you know, a perfectly functioning aircraft, as it were. Yeah. So, um, but it's it's a great experience and uh, incredibly realistic. The uh, 
tuition uh, is fantastic as well the, the guys that run it down they do a very nice job so uh, you will enjoy yourselves if you're coming that's for sure yeah, yeah. Uh, big thanks again while we're on that subject Nick and Paul mm. down at MP Simulations yeah they've uh, really have pulled down. out the stops Absolutely. for us uh, so. for our 200s so big but if thanks you, if to you them. can't make it there on, on the day don't worry we are going to stream a live show there yeah, we, will we, be. We, we intend to make it as interactive as humanly possible some yeah. fancy new kit has been uh, sort of winging its way to me here which I hope I can use to its full potential to sort of give a real interactive feel to it. So uh, if you're not able to make it uh, to the actual show, then make sure you're watching live because, uh, as I say, we've got a few special treats up our sleeve for it. So, I mean, obviously you've had quite a lot of simulator time, I assume, Jeff. I mean, is it something that you ever enjoyed? I mean, or is it just you lost lost the will, the love for it? <laughs> I, I can't recall many times at all where I, I really had a good time yeah. <laughs> in that simulator because it's always been in an environment where you're being trained and you're under high pressure back in the Air Force or when I was an instructor pilot and I was trying to you know teach students and it was it was never fun. And now in the airline world, it's just a matter of going in there and taking care of all the various maneuvers that you need yeah. to fly and the various... Uh, line-oriented flying training scenarios that you can cram in, and it's just, uh, as Nev just mentioned, it's just exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah, and uh, I really haven't had a chance just to go in there and spend a couple of hours just fooling around and flying under bridges and, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. You know what? The most, fr the most fun that I've ever had in a sim was when I was at Barbara, Last year, oh, uh, and uh, the Pip, uh, invited me into the uh, Hawker uh, 700, 800 uh, simulator, whatever it was, and uh, it, that was a lot of fun because we were fooling around. <laughs> I yeah. could see where it would be a, a fun yeah. thing to do. For the for the rest of us, yes, us, us humble mere mortals, of course, having a go with the simulator is just mm. like playing an is you know it's that computer game you used to play as a kid, but on steroids, oh, yeah. isn't right. it? Oh, yeah. It's that sort of. It's that, that sort oh, of thing. Did, actually, Je uh, Jeff, just on that on that subject of simulators and stuff, obviously in the UK, don't break everything, Matt. Oops. In the UK, we, we've obviously got uh, various was places. Was that the kit that he was talking yeah, about? Yeah, that would be the new piece of kit. Yeah, yeah. He's now in about five pieces on the floor. Yeah. Oh, no. Nev's got his head in his hands. Oh, oh dear. Are, actually, are, there any, are there any companies in the US, Jeff, that allow the members of the public to go in and, and kind of have a go at flying a sim for a, for a cost? Oh, I'm sure of it. Uh, I just can't recall exactly where they are, but I've heard of uh, a few of these places in various cities uh, around the country mm. where, you know, uh, I don't know how, I, I don't think they're cheap, but, no. uh, you yeah. know, you can go in there and, and uh, spend a, an hour or two, or I'm not sure even what the time frame is, yeah. but uh, yeah. yeah, they have those kind of places here oh, as well. Awesome. Awesome. And that's one of the things that's so special about our, our 200 show because this is yeah. an opportunity for people to come and have a, you know, have a sort of, you know, to come and help us celebrate our 200th. Yeah. So uh, and I'd rather help you celebrate your 200th, and uh, it would be a blast if I could actually be there in person. Yeah. But if I can't, yeah. I'll. I promise you I'll be there on Skype. Oh, fantastic. Awesome, good awesome. Man, good. Now, as, as we're talking big birthdays, uh, or not birthdays, 300th. Yes, now, there's been, some, there's been some very frightening uh, pictures doing the rounds on um, on Twitter. I'm not going to lie. I think some of them have been done by um, by Captain, Captain Nick. Nick. That have, <laughs> That are sort of well. I mean, one or two of them are certainly mentally scarring. They are images that form me for most of my my remaining time here. I mean, is is that are there plans afoot for the three hundredth? Do you have a do you have a plan? Well, first of all, I have to say that uh, people have um, said that the, these things have been photoshopped, and there is no photoshopping involved <laughs> at all. That, 
<laughs> yeah. And I can right. understand why you would be, you know, pretty uh, scared when you yeah. when you see me without Absolutely. my shirt. I know, I know. It's just it's it's a, it's an image that will um, haunt me for the rest of my days. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, Doctor Steph's. I believe you. It was probably wasn't photoshopped. Uh, but, no, I think that's the only one that really is, it, is right? believable. That that's Doctor <laughs> yeah, Steph. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah. So, is there anything you can tell us yet, or is it all still big secrets under wraps? I assume you are well, planning something. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we, again we never have any planning meetings, and so I, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm at, at liberty. Wait a minute, it's my show. I can say what you I can want. Say what you like? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're. It's not my show. It's our show. And uh, but I I think that my co-host would uh, be uh, okay with me divulging uh, uh, maybe some of the details, not all of them, okay. because I don't yeah. know if we know all of them yet. But we are going to celebrate our 300th episode on. The weekend, uh, basically the Thanksgiving, the U.S. holiday uh, uh, celebration of Thanksgiving this year, okay. uh, that weekend. So Thanksgiving's always on a Thursday. Yep. So the the Saturday and Sunday right after Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. Uh, so that Saturday, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm right about that. So that Saturday or Sunday, sometime that that weekend, mm. we're going to be uh, gathering over at a certain. APG crew members uh, house in the Atlanta area not okay. mine <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh, you know, we're going to uh, we're gonna have a big party and celebration and of course we'll you know have a live show as well cool Okay. Oh, brilliant. Well, if we're in the lottery between now and then, obviously we'll come and join you as well. But <laughs> come on over, yeah, yeah. sure. Come yeah. on over. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you mind. use uh, my buddy passes, and uh, you know who knows uh, if you'll make it over. And if you do, you probably won't make it back. But right. if that's not a problem, you're more than happy to <laughs> give it a try. Seriously, yeah. so <laughs> you, I think if you guys want to use my buddy passes, you're welcome to. I think the access to the joint account. You know, is upstairs, so you can't hear me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, no, it sounds good. But uh, well, it's uh, well. Thanks for that, Jeff. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, look yeah. forward to look forward to catching um, catching the event. It's um, oh yes, aiming for Saturday the twenty Nick twenty fifth. Nick has confirmed. So uh, yes, it's all very good. The Saturday, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's. Uh, uh, Captain Nick should be on. He should be telling you what's going on. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I never know what's going on. Yeah, what's this? Is the best show in the? It's the best show in the UK. Would make a good venue for PT UK. Ooh, where's that? Which show is this? Sorry, they're obviously talking about some air show. <laughs> busy chatting in the. Oh, chat well, they room. they're chatting amongst themselves. Sorry, ignore me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. they're talking about the PT UK. I thought. Oh, are they? Oh, the best oh. show in the UK. Well, no, they can't you know? be talking about us. Oh, that I am pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, there we are. So, look, guys, this is it is. I'm afraid time to bring the show to a close. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Sir Sir uh, Captain Jeff. Uh, it's uh, been a real pleasure to have you on. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, that's it. Yeah. That is where we're going to bring the show to close. But before we go, social media plugs, as always. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I try and wrap up, he's Social media <laughs> plugs, Mr. Matt. Oh, is. okay, so yes. Yeah. Where can people find uh, out about Well, it, unless you've been living under under a stone. Oh, and a T-shirt. You, you'll be very, very aware. Obviously, there's a certain um, show uh, show website. And we're, try we're busy selling our T-shirts. Sorry, you're, try you're asking me to do stuff while I'm <laughs> operating cameras. It's not working. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is it. So multitasking. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> I'm a bloke. I can't do 
can't do that at all. But yes, so if you want to uh, get in touch with the show, it is plaintalkinguk.com, www.plaintalkinguk.com. It is uh, on Facebook. We are facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk. And our Twitter handle is at plaintalkinguk. We love to get your audio feedback uh, or just a letter. Just tell us all about it. Uh, It's podcast at plaintalkinguk. And you can really send anything you like to that email address. Obviously family friendly. We couldn't possibly have that because this is a family show, ladies and gentlemen family show uh, but uh, yeah that's, uh, oh you mended it then yeah well done yes. so so uh, yes if uh, quality t-shirts in our shop are still available being modeled by the lovely mr matt caton there so they are fruit of the loom t-shirts with an embroidered logo on the front and then we've got screen printing with the plain talking uk stuff on the back they are great t-shirts and uh it's um, yeah, it's all it's awesome. the fun. So uh, obviously, Jeff, uh, unless they're stuck under a stone, so <laughs> where yeah. might they be able to get hold of your marvelous offering? Oh well, uh, you can go to our wonderful website, airlinepilotguy.com, and there you'll uh, be able to find out uh, you know different ways to watch and listen to the show. Uh, social media at uh, APG Crew uh, will hit all of the uh, crew members. And uh, my individual uh, ID, Twitter ID, is airline pilot guy, all one word. And we also have a presence on Facebook as well. Uh, airline uh, pilot guy. Uh, any plugging that you need to do, Sir Nev? Obviously. Um, well, I um, I've got my own website, which is uh, nevtech.org.uk, um, and uh, the company I work for, a proper job, as it were, is feltech, f-e-l-t-e-c-h dot co dot uk. And next week's uh, Nev's passenger experience is myself in London Heathrow Terminal Five with another industry colleague. This time, Luke Marlerhausen talks to me about his flying around the world. Fantastic. So that really is where we bring the show to a close. Thank you very much, Jeff, for joining us at the last minute there. Much appreciated. Oh, yes. And, um, yeah, that's it. Was it was my pleasure. So from all of us here in the studio, it is time to say goodbye. Everybody say goodbye. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.